Hello, everybody, and welcome back to OP is OP, the podcast where we go through the One Piece manga front to back. One of us, myself, for the very first time. I am the super rookie Jacob, and I'm joined by the One Piece veteran here, Justin. Hello, and this week we are reading Arlong Park, which covers chapters 69 to 95 in the manga, or episodes 31 to 44 in the anime. So if you haven't read those chapters or watched those corresponding anime episodes, you may want to do so before listening because we are going to spoil absolutely everything. Yeah, speaking of spoilers, uh, major spoilers already, I'm just going to say it up front. This is the best arc in the series by far, so far. <laughs> and I completely agree so far. Many uh, One Piece fans, like people in the community say that Arlong Park is like the moment where One Piece really becomes like One Piece as you know and love it. And yeah, I, mean, because I don't disagree. The, the, yeah, this is the moment for, for me where I'm like, last arc was really good. I'm having a lot of fun. This is the one where it's like, literally, I get what I wanted from since arc two. But not only do I get it, but I'm presented to it and more in beautiful emotional power and just yes. everything that I wanted. And even the funny <laughs> little side jokes I made about like, you know, the Cthulhu fishman shit of shadow yeah. over Innsmouth references. Oda even sprinkles in there as well, but I'm honestly like not even caring about that because of what we get in the middle of this arc, the emotional high, the climax of the storytelling. And it completely pays off. And I know we're jumping a little ahead here, but yeah, just want to get that out of the way. Best arc by far. Can't wait to talk about it. Yeah, I, I noticed like overall, like actions wise, like how many, you know, like turning points in this arc are there actually not that many, but it's just so densely packed in there. And there's like, there's so much happening while not that much is happening. You mm -hmm. know, it just works it's really well. I think it's safe to say it's it's sort of like a chess game going on because you have like you literally have half the straw hats on one end, the other half on the other. You literally yeah. have the side characters, uh, Johnny and what's the other guy's name? Yosaku. Yosaku. Thank you. Um, split up as well. Then you have um, even further splitting up where Zoro splits up from Usopp and uh, is it Johnny? It's one of the brothers. And there were he's with Johnny, yeah, because Yosaku is with Sanji and Luffy in the beginning. Okay, okay. And so we're getting the party completely split up at multiple points, but obviously the main intention is on what I completely misinterpreted when I first was reading, um, when I was first trying to read what Nami's mindset was back in Arc 2. By the way, I was worried from the last episode that we were going to have like a Mandalorian issue where... We're going to prolong this adventure, go on these side adventures first. Right. And it's like, no, this arc. And just like push off Nami's story, basically. Yeah, we're getting we're getting our we're getting our character moment right now because Nami yep. was the only one who hasn't gotten anything in terms of like a backstory yet. Right. Um, and I completely misread her in chat in our second episode, our second arc. I was saying how she didn't quite understand the meaning of personal treasure because that whole arc was dedicated to. This is Luffy's treasure. Here is the Orange Town's treasure. Here is Chow Chow's right. treasure. And literally, no, I misread that as like, oh, she doesn't quite understand it. Like, no, she was able to make the connections with Luffy, the Straw Hats, and the village because of that reason. And that arc served as a foreshadowing to mm -hmm. this arc, which again yes. makes Orange Town even better as still my second favorite arc or even third favorite arc. I, I don't know at this point. I'm an emotional yeah. mess, dude. <laughs> I definitely know like Arlong Park so far, the best arc for me and you said this yeah year, so i am not arguing this at all um so it's let's like just jump right in 
yeah, well, let's let's try. Let's try. Let's try to keep. Let's try to keep it steady as we go. <laughs> right. As I'm so we don't have to go over like every single like plot moment because it's it's mainly made up of like cool moments, kind of right, like good like moments going through to through in this arc. Yeah, but they're kind of overshadowed by what we're gushing about. Yeah, honestly, but we'll so, do our best to like, go for everything. Yeah, yeah. So we get this little intro scene. We have Sanji, Yosaku, and Johnny. They're on their way to Arlong Park, following the path that they assume Nami's taking, right? She was. And then mm-hmm. the, the coolest thing I think we got here, like, or the most interesting thing, was Yosaku tells us about the Grand Line being ruled by the what he calls the Three Great Powers. The Three Great Powers? I got the Seven Warlords of the Sea. Yeah, he said, he said the Three Great Powers, and he said one of them is the Seven Warlords of the Sea. Oh, okay, so there's factions so, yeah, same, factions. Same I missed that first part. Okay, I mean, I completely missed that first right, part. Right, so we now, I think he revealed one of the three, basically, right? Yeah, Hawkeye. Yeah, and Hawkeye is one of those seven warlords. When we also government-recognized got... pirate leaders, he says. Yeah, in a very weird way where it's like, yeah, the seas are so ferocious, but you warlords are actually doing us a favor by taking care of the smaller-time pirates that are so greedy and going into right. your territory. We will officially give you license to commit crimes basically commit yeah. piracy in these waters as long as you give us a fair cut right it's, mm-hmm. it's interesting you know you kind of get to see or we understand a little more about how the navy or the marines are kind of operating now right yeah it's either they're they're split so thin they're spread out so thin that they have to resort to like drastic measures or it's some corruption going on from within or a bit of both as we see later on in this arc but um, we, we also got another name drop, which I guess might be more relevant in the future. But it was Jimbei, who was the leader of the Fishman Pirates. Um, right. Not the main baddie of this arc, because we have a Fishman later on. But yeah, they said he, like, set Arlong loose on the East Blue, right? Yeah, the, yeah, the tamest of the four seas. He set Arlong to go over there. Um, Oof. So... <laughs> We got some slight build up already because we got like, oh, this guy, this guy Arlong was used to be Jim Bay's equal. I hope I'm saying that right, Jim Bay, Jim. Uh, Jim. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, and right away after we get that mention, we cut to uh, Captain Nezumi, who is literally a weasel. He has the ears, he has the whiskers. Like, there's <laughs> no, there's no second to guess what is this guy's deal. Like, he is a weasel. Like, he just does whatever corrupt shit he can do and then we see sawtooth arlong who is do you remember who got my award justin last time for who gets the biggest c word of the entire series so far you know i don't think we did it last arc but i know i think it was helmepo so far or yeah because uh, yeah last OG. arc yeah, last arc, no one usurped it, so it's been on the on the side burner for now. But Moji had that title. Moji still has I'm, it, yeah. I am going to tell you and spoil it right now. Moji <laughs> is no longer the leader it. of the biggest C word. Yeah, it's Arlong. Arlong, 110%. Unless Moji comes back and kicks, and kicks a kitten next time we see him as well to add to his resume of bad shit he's done. Right. Then we have a contender. But as for now... Arlong, 100%, biggest cunt in One Piece as of right yeah, now. Yeah, huge dick. Yeah, undisputed. Also, side note, I love his Hawaiian shirt. 
he's very casual and cool. About yeah, he, he's he got some swag. <laughs> Can't deny that. He's got like his like, kind of like jean looking shorts, like his open Hawaiian yeah, you would, like style. Yeah, you yeah. Would, yeah, you wouldn't think he's like this horrible pirate. You think he's like, oh, he's a he's a beach doll. But that's how he sees it. He sees that, that he's won this area. So he's chill and laid back. Um, and also, as you mentioned that, I feel like his beach shirt is somewhat representative of him being a fish man where like a beach is kind of where the land meets the water right and it shows like him being in between the two just metaphorically style design wise pretty cool yeah a small little detail but i can appreciate that um also i was texting you earlier of if you've seen under the red hood i totally imagine arlong if this was an, uh, an official english dub and not the four kids one um i totally imagine john dimaggio the voice of joker from under the red hood being the voice of arlong for some reason, it fits this like kickback attitude he has with that laughter. I feel like John DiMaggio could totally do the Arlong. I don't know. That's how I picture. I could, I could uh, totally Arlong. hear that too. I knew you were talking about Arlong too when you were telling me about the Joker's voice. I was like, he's gonna say Arlong. Would have yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. Because so the yeah. Because the very very first time I was reading this, I was imagining a little bit of Davy Jones from the Pirates of the Caribbean live action movies. I was imagining that because Fishman, right? Um. Right. But ultimately, it didn't match his personality all too well with Davy Jones from the movies. So I'm like, right. okay, so what's this cocky voice that I can fit while also being a little playful because of how cocky he is, how arrogant he is. And yeah, I think John DiMaggio's Joker from <laughs> Under the Red Hood totally matches that. Sorry, we're getting sidetracked here. I just wanted to point that out. Right. So right, when you're talking about a Captain Nezumi, Marine Captain, who is, we first see him taking a bribe, right, from Arlong. So we kind of oh, see yeah. how Arlong's operating, too. He's like, yeah, look the other way, take your money, we're yeah. all good here. Quote, you unquote, keep on doing business as usual. We get a sneak peek that Arlong is a total uh, elitist slash racist, where he goes, yes. I don't like male humans kind of thing. Which, again, I know I mentioned it again before, I mentioned it again earlier in this episode already, but the Cthulhu Shadow Over the Innsmouth Lovecraftian shoutouts are very blunt in this arc, especially where he's talking yeah, about the, the fishmen are superior. We have evolved from base humans. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first time I read uh, he doesn't like male humans all that much, I'm thinking, do fishmen like the female humans? Because that's how they, you know, do the creepy Shadow Over Innsmouth cult stuff and breed more fishmen. Is that the creepy thing going on here? But ultimately, it was just he was because it was just referring to Nami as the one exception. So I'm like, all right, not as cut deep Lovecrafting as I wanted, but I'll I'll take what I can get. I'll take. So yeah, so we just see that like little interaction, right? And then we see Nami Mm -hmm. strolling up to Arlong Park, and there's like the little kid there who's gonna attack Arlong for killing his dad when he wrecked their village, and totally relates to him. But because she has a plan and doesn't want anyone to interrupt that plan. She is cold, brutal. She uh, not like knocks him upside the head with the staff, I believe. Yeah. But gives him some money just to be like, here's some f- money for food or whatever. Just stay out of my way. Get out of here. Don't do anything stupid. Because she is so hellbent on making sure the people in this village are protected. I know I'm jumping ahead, but I can't help but yeah, no, establish this early it's on. Because uh, I've been trying to go through my notes like multiple like two everything or three times. Everything is so I tied get... together, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Like That's that. why this arc is so fucking fantastic because everything is interwoven with each other because it's this hell-bent uh effort by nami who you know the straw hats at this point or at least some of the straw hats think that she's a traitor she's completely uh you know gone rogue but we see the first piece of like she is doing her best to try and protect the people on this island on this village nearby 
but she's willing to go through cold measures to do so. She's yeah, willing like to be she's called willing to play the villain. Yeah, and she's she's called a witch by the entire people that she supposedly grew up with. So, and not to mention she's just she's distrusted by a lot of Arlong's own crew. And God, we and then we find out as well that oh, she wears uh, t-shirts usually not just because of sh- wear because you know we see everyone else like wearing like very thin right. she's shirts, always had open her like, upper arm cover up to this yeah point and she and, she and then she's wearing and then yeah everyone else is uh, dressed for the summer seas she's dressed for spring and then and it's like oh she's wearing a tank top finally and then we see oh she was covering up the officer tattoo on her shoulder which yeah. is our long cruise uh insignia essentially yeah, oh, right here we see it for the first time that she is mm-hmm. part of Arlong's crew, an officer, so pretty high up mm-hmm. there in the crew. Absolutely. The and then official navigator that, for Arlong's crew. Right. And then we see, what, Usopp and Zoro and Johnny? <laughs> yeah, in a very comedic bit where yeah. they're trying to do their best. Yeah, they're trying to find their best. They find the merry-go, and they're trying to find a way to board it and get it. But I think right away, and of course, you know, because Usopp... Uh, always i think also low-key usopp totally steals a lot of moments in this arc and i'm so happy because oh, yeah. last arc he literally was sidelined after he had a few funny moments in that last arc which yeah, he came back in a big way this time oh absolutely he did um usopp johnny yeah johnny gosh yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna need your help help me keep track of the brothers because honestly they kind of blend the two the same for me um right. similar personalities and everything yeah, Johnny and uh, Zoro all together. Zoro's, you know, being the tough guy going, we slashing away through our what? And then the other two literally tie him to the ship. They're like, hell no, we're not going you're, straight You're gun-ho, <laughs> dude. Your murder boner's going nuts. Just chill, dude. Plus, you're still wounded. You, you, need, you need to take a chill pill. But um, I think literally they spot the ship. Usopp hacked, like, pretends to have a, a great plan to, to seize the ship and flee. Yeah. And then they get spotted by, I think, one fishman. And then immediately, Usopp I think it was Johnny abandoned ship. Yeah, there's like a couple fishmen. And they like jump into the water coming after him. And they're just out of there. And because they tied up Zoro in a comedic, like you think yes. like, the cartoon anime style, of like, oh, they just tied him up. Paha, no big deal. It's like, no, they tied him up for that comedic bit. But guess what? That's also why now Zoro is now immediately captured. By the yeah, Arlong Pirates. He's already <laughs> contained by his own crew, which is which, hilarious. It's very creative, and I'm just like, all right, this is very hilarious. And of course, it's Usopp style, where he pretends to be the super brave, courageous one, and honestly, at that point, all right, if I have a chance to fight or flee, I'm going to flee if I can. <laughs> but in this case, it actually bites him in the ass, because he accidentally abandoned Zoro. Yeah, it's really cool, and like, just, it's fun, I guess, more than anything, how Oda ties the gags into actual story development so often. Yeah, like that's why I was... Luffy, like, on Surf Village when he was getting hypnotized and that became kind of a plot point in the fight later. Yeah, exactly. So, things like that it's, are really cool. It's not just for cheap gags. I would say the only part that's only for cheap gags is Luffy never understanding the plot of, like, the, the, yeah. the plot of the story where, like, we, were, we had, um... God, I keep forgetting the guy's name. Why? Yosiko? The guy with Luffy? Yosaku. The other guy, yeah, Johnny's brother. Yeah, Yosaku. Yosaku, okay, Yosaku. Um, he was explaining how the whole story of the fishman, and then the whole time Luffy's not taking it seriously, he's drawing that picture of the fishman going, like, they look like this, like, about like this, how about <laughs> <Yeah>. like this? <laughs> just yeah, fish like, with like, legs. <laughs> those are the, yeah, those are the times when the gags are kind of like, okay, that's just Luffy being Luffy, that's just for laughy bits. Mm. Um, 
which is not quite getting old right now, but it's also like I'm starting to try and tolerate that. But that's already past that. But either way, yeah, what just what you're saying is the comedic bits are actually in, interwoven with the plot, actually with progression. So it's actually moving things along. Um, Usopp and Johnny, they, I think they both, or is it just Usopp? They run into a village where all the houses have been flipped upside down. Both of them together still at this point, yeah. And like yeah, all the, the houses were flipped by Arlong and his men before. Mm-hmm. With the that very... was, like, such a scene. Like, imagine mm. walking up to that, like, destruction. Yeah, and you're just like, wow, how very impressive how the houses are still, like, maintain, like, they're still standing yeah, in, right. in like, one it's piece. It's a load-bearing roof. But upside down. <laughs> like, kind of, like, law-defying houses right here. But hey, I'm, not yeah. tar- I'm not questioning the architecture and materials of this world. It's unique. I don't know. It's not Earth. But, um... We get an official introduction to the boy, uh, Chabo. He tries, I think it's Chabo or Chabo. Um, yeah, he tries to like attack that. Usopp because he thinks he's a fishman. And then we get a girl who stops him uh, named Nojiko of Coco Village. And God, I, this is a part where I'm trying to rush through my notes real quick. So Usopp Did you get gets like separated. why they thought he was a fishman there? Did you think that was funny? Was it the nose? It was because he's a long nose like Arlong. <laughs> yeah, like Arlong or Arlong. Yeah, that's all I was, that's yeah. all I was realizing. But I forget exactly why Usopp and Johnny get separated at this point. Um, uh, because another fishman shows up. Right, right and chases and then Usopp. Johnny and Johnny, ba- he hides and like bounces while Usopp Right, and that's away. why... Yeah. Yes, okay, and then that's why Usopp's running, and that's when he runs to the boy and uh, Nojiko. And then okay. we get a great Usopp moment, in my opinion. Where he's like running away from this fishman, scared out of his like brains, but and he leaves yeah, him in the dust. I, he's I, way again faster superior than the speed. Again superior speed. They yeah. they mentioned that in his opening arc. This guy's fast. So, but then when he after he gets like beat by the little kid for real quick, and Nojiko's like, "Oh wait, that's a human, you know, not a fishman." And then mm. the fishman is catching up at this point. He's like, "Oh, I can't just leave this woman and kid. I'm gonna now. I gotta fight back." Which I really like that moment for Usopp. You know, he he always bucks up when it really counts. Right. Okay. He does actually fight back here. Um, and that's why I think, cause I think he does repel him. No, no, he's about to try and actually fight him, but Nojiko knocks him out. Right. And, and stops him from fighting. hides him. God knows how that happened, but yeah, that was a fly hat. I know. So I'm just like, wait, yeah, so how did, did she, did she bribe him? What, what happened there? Cause I don't know, but cause we never get, we never get an establishment later on. If Nojiko is a really good fighter or not. Um, she's clever on her, clever on her shoes, like Nami right. and the mother. But, but yeah, we haven't really seen that. So that that was kind of that was a stretch there. That was kind of a low moment in the, yeah, in the story. But I noticed that especially this time, I was like, "What?" Like, yeah, it, it, yeah, it just teleports. It just teleports yeah. back. Um, so we get the backstory right at this point. We get the backstory that Nojiko is the stepsister of Nami. Yeah. Um, the Coco Village is her home. The actual Tangerine House is the actual house, and so Usopp gets that backstory at that point. And then we transition to, oh, um, I have it written down here that I noticed it was an artistic choice that Oda uses. It's not just uniquely Oda. Um, it uses a lot in Attack on Titan, where if a character isn't wearing a hat or has uh, like long bangs covering their eyes, but you still see like their shadow, the shadows over their eyes with like black bars over their eyes almost. Right. It's like yeah. it gives off like that thousand yard stare look. Yeah. And. Nami in particular is given this look so many times in this arc because she's going through all this trauma of trying to keep her cool and go through her plan to 
you know, eventually get the end goal, which is to save the village. But she has to do all these horrible things as, like you said, the villain and help the people that she hates the most more than anything. And we get this at uh, last arc, this uh, this chat. Sorry, we get that in the last chapter, this chapter. And in I'm at 71 now, chapter 71, where Zoro is being confronted by Arlong after the fishmen bring Zoro back to Zoro at the park. Um, and we see that thousand yards there again by Nami because Nami's trying to play it cool to Zoro because Zoro's, you know, he's the loyalty guy. He's trying to get this, trying to, uh, interrogate Nami, even though he's tied up and everything going like, you know, right. what's your deal? Are you, why are you, this, uh, why are you doing this? She goes, I've always been officer for Arlong at this point. You guys were just serving me to a purpose. And then Arlong drops a line that is going, um, like, oh yeah, totally. Like, like even for her dead mother, she wouldn't, she would betray for money. And then right. we get that look again from Nami, the black, thousand yards. No eyes, yeah, yeah. The the freaked out thousand yard stare look. But the the thing that I really liked was Zoro saw that he spotted that right away. Which I looking back on this was that was a snap where it's like, okay, yeah. Nami's not a she's not a traitor. She's totally like trapped or doing a plan. But he wanted some confirmation still. <laughs> yeah. After, after you, picking up he gives him. off that, like, the same impression we were talking about, like, when he first introduced, you know, like, even tied up, he still, like, feels like he's in control of the situation. And after that, um, he like, kicks himself out into the water and basically forces Nami to act because he's tied up. He can't swim. The fishermen are going like, what the hell is he doing? Like, this one pushing? This one put a banana peel there? Some, like, weird Mario Kart reference. Yeah. And, or, like, the classic, yeah, the cartoon dud. But, um. Looney style reference, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Arlong just going like, ah, just let him commit suicide if he wants to just kill himself, whatever. And then Nami being, you know, like, actually still trusting of the Straw Hats. She jumps in, rescues him, and then calls her out on it, like, are you really this witch? Like, oh, I was praying to her, obviously. Are you really this witch they call you because you just rescued me and I was just a tied up prisoner? And then she right, proceeds to he's try got and... a huge, like, shit-eating grin on his face, like, gotcha. Oh, absolutely. He's loving the yeah. fact that he was right reading her and, like, oh, you're, you're still loyal. You're just putting on an act and you're doing a really good job at that. And then she even remarks how he's got all the scars because she left before the Hawkeye fight in the last arc. So she had no idea, like, why are y'all bandaged up? And is this a reference or something? Like, he just mentions, like, ran out of laundry, and then she proceeds to beat him up more? Like, if she, like, if she, like, if he touched a nerve. Is that a reference? I forget anything about laundry or clothes. What? I actually don't recall that. I don't know. It just seemed like if he just said something, like, some, something so simple as, like, oh, I uh, ran, out, ran out of laundry or something when she was asking about the bandages. And then she proceeds to beat him up, like almost like that was a tr- uh, like a trigger or like a reminder. I don't know. It just stuck out to me of like, why would he say that line? I don't know. It might yeah, have I think moment. she was just kind of like trying to keep the act up, kind of ignoring him, basically. And then, like, yeah, and then she drives, drops it yeah. real quick again because she asked about the bandages. Maybe that's why he was smirking again because she was showing that she was caring about the straw hat. She was talking about the crew, so right. he was just like, "Oh, all right, that Nami's still there. Nami's still there." Um, we all, at the end of this arc. Uh, sorry, I keep saying arc. At the end of this chapter, uh, then we get introduced to a side character named Genzo. He's got the Stalin stash going on, but he is also like incredibly stitched up. Like he looks like a zombie. Like he is stitched up like line after yeah. line on his skin. And yet he has this very funny, peculiar uh, propeller on his hat. <laughs> yeah, a pinwheel like on his hat. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what that's for. 
but we also saw there like that fish man that was chasing Usopp came back and he's like, oh hey, I lost that long nose guy. He was right, and Arlong's like, oh, I'm going there anyway. Let's go find him while we're there. Yeah, I'm going there. I'm going there anyway. Let's do some shit. So, and that, and again, you get that panic look from Nami because it's very clear that it's this is not supposed to be according to plan. It's supposed to be as simple as I'm dropping off this batch of treasure I've been collecting, and I just want to get back out there, get the last of the money, and finish the job. But the straw hats are coming in and complicating things, and she's trying to keep everyone alive, everyone together. Stop acting. Please just be passive and let me do my thing. Please. But obviously, it's not going according to plan, so things are kind of breaking down a little bit. But she's doing a very good job holding her composure right now. She's doing very good with that. She's still, right. she'll see, she's still seen as the villain. Yeah, so then, like, Arlong is on his way there to see Genzo because he heard rumors, I guess, that someone in the, that village had a weapon, and it was, in fact, mm-hmm. Genzo who had a sword. And he's like, oh, you know, it's just part of my collection. I can't keep a collection, blah, blah, blah. Right. Mm-hmm. He's just, yeah, he's just trying to, call, uh, trying to play it cool. Arlong being the, the dictator that he is because he wants to, you know, rule an empire in the East of Blue, so he's... Doing his, doing his shakedowns, right? Of like pure law, of cruel uh, enforcement of the law. Of like, no, you can't hold any weapons because I say so. And he goes on his usual, his usual like fishman or superior speeches. And I have it written down here: the race war begins now. <laughs> I don't know why I wrote it. I don't know why I wrote it down here and not earlier, but I wrote it down here. I think it's because he was starting to uh, shake down uh, Genzo, intimidate him by beating him up. I think it was, that's why I started writing it down. Right, and um, because right at the same point inside one of the houses, like nearby, we learn about how he takes like a, a monthly fee for their mm-hmm. protection, right, for all the people in the village. And if they don't pay, like if even one person can't pay, he'll just completely destroy the village, which we already saw the outcome of that with all the houses torn off the foundations and like flipped yeah. and just wrecked. A side thing as well I noticed, but I don't know if they directly address it. Um there was also this giant dent in the middle of the road of that flipped village. It looked like a giant creature was dra- being dragged through the middle of that. Is it ever established? What did that? Yeah. Like, I can guess what it was. Yeah, yeah, or, it was. Because when they were there, the kid said, like, yeah, Arlong sicked this huge monster on us. Right, okay, and we get that creature. Right, all right, okay. And we do see sure. the monster naturally, yeah, later. Yeah, so we know the damage they can do to any village that does not pay the fee whatsoever. Um. We also get a few shenanigans of Usopp being hilarious. He recreates, he shows that he is indeed a terrific actor, not from the bluff that he makes, which is his usual gag. But before that, when he's observing from the side and he's like stiff as a board against the wall as he's peering over the side. Do you remember that panel at all where he's like stiff, he's looking over the panel with Nojiko next to him, but he's like, like completely floating in the air. He's like stuck to the wall. (laughs) So I'm looking at that going, this guy is trying to audition for Scooby-Doo, where all the characters are like peering over the corner. But like, how right. do they have all the room to be there on the same level? And it's like, it's because they're standing on, they're just floating like that. Don't you know? And so Usopp is doing his acting. Um, also, Usopp with the biggest balls in the world showing once again, is he a scared guy? I don't think he is. I think he's just going with the flow. He, I think, uses one of his exploding stars on Arlong before he actually kills Genzo, to make an example right. of him. Because he's about to, he's like, oh, you have a weapon, you're now a threat. That's like, yeah. that's basically open rebellion. And he's about to yeah, kill and, him, like, just, just and, like that. And Usopp didn't get the story that 
Arlong was one of the was a brother or like an equal to one of the warlords of the sea. So he literally is the first one to fire an exploding star right on the dude's face going, I'm Captain Usopp. I got, and he's getting better at his bluffing, by the way. He's, he went yeah. from 80 million men to 8 million men to 8,000 men, I think. Right. And now it's like, okay, now we're getting, <laughs> we're getting more and more credible with the threat. Slightly more believable. <laughs> yeah. And even to the point where like, even if Arlong believed it, which by the way, the exploding star didn't, incapacitate or really kill Arlong. He did, I don't care if you got 80,000 humans behind you. I will skin them all because you just even thought you could touch me. And then, of course, Usopp does his thing, panics, and tries to flee. So... <laughs> right, because Arlong kind of, like, just goes into a rage, right? He's about to start wrecking oh, the absolutely. village. Yeah, the his own men hold him back. They're yeah, like, his yo, old... we need this money, man. Calm down. <laughs> yeah, we got we got a good gig going here, man. Like, don't ruin it. Like, if you we just yeah, wrecked the village it. like yesterday, you know, like chill out. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, like come on, chill, man, chill. But yeah, you, he's got like his berserker uh, fit going on. Um, and Usopp goes away. Um, and I think the the pirates go chase after him because what I have written down here are because again, basically any of the story elements involving Nami in this arc are like ten out of ten. They're brilliant. Um, right. as soon as Nami shows up and she goes like, hi neighbors, everyone immediately gives her the cold shoulder. You get a panel of her looking like down and obviously sad that no one's welcoming her to her own village. And you hear, and you see the slam, 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 yeah. uh, words above her head when she's looking. So it doesn't show them actually closing the, slamming the doors. It shows her perspective where it's like, yeah, these people are still ignoring me rightfully So, but they're just shutting me out no matter if I even try. She's got flowers with her. Um, the only one greeting her is her stepsister, Nochiko. Uh, Genzo, uh, even when he's beaten up and bleeding profusely, uh, he's just sitting there, just being silent. He's not giving her the cold shoulder directly, but he's obviously not talking to her. Right. Um, and yeah, so we see them both at the grave, right? And that's when Nami says, like, she's finally only seven million berries away from buying that village from Arlong. Yeah, she, uh, I think the actual amount, yeah, it is 7 million, but it doesn't matter what the actual amount is. The point of this is she's almost there. It feels like she just needs right. one small, one trip away, she says. Yeah, one small uh, plunder will be enough to finally achieve her goal. So she's very hopeful. She's very optimistic. She's very sad, obviously, when she has to deal with the pirates or with the village. But when she's with Nojiko, it's, it seemed that seemingly she seems to be like on the path to being happy. She's like hopeful, optimistic that. I'm almost done. All of this work, this horrible work that I've done can be almost done. And at this point I was thinking too, like, Oh, so does she actually not have a thing for stealing? Does she actually doing this because of a job? Like I was getting these different thoughts because reading through, I'm like, okay, maybe this is not actually her personality. This was all part of the act. This was all part of her job. So she's still skilled and capable, but her personality wise now at this point I'm going, so is she even a klepto? Because obviously she was doing it for this purpose, like only for this purpose. But mm. at the at these panels at this point, I was thinking, like, so if she's done, if she's not, is she not going to be plundering anymore? Like, what is this goal? Like, again, this it makes the character much more complex. And part of the reason mm. I'm loving this arc is it, it's expanding this character rather than this being this two note character from arc three, where she's just going, "Don't touch my treasure. Treasure's mine. Don't touch my treasure." And it made me question, like, do I like yeah. this character still? I'm giving her a chance. <laughs> Right. And then this arc, I'm just going, oh my God, thank you. It's now I'm questioning everything, but in a good way. 
Yeah, and we did forget to mention, like, at the, I think the end of the chapter before this, we did see Nami freed Zoro and told him to get the hell out of there. Like, you just run away. Right. It was a single, yeah, it was a single panel where it shows yeah. when, after Arlong and the pirates left for Coco Village to do the shakedown um, and look for Usopp, she frees Zoro. And then before she leaves and goes to Coco after the pirates leave and so on and so forth. Yeah, so, and that's important so, because we see at the end of this chapter when we cut back to Zoro, who's mm. basically doing the villainy slouch on Arlong's throne, surrounded by all the fallen S bodies of every fisherman that was left behind just on the ground. <laughs> Speaking of the slouch of villainy, pre-chapter, Captain Buggy is back. Yes, they, he's found in the his pre parts. In the pre-chapter for this, it's established that um, in the series of panels, um, Captain Buggy's body parts or Buggy himself have been going through these crazy adventures of trying to reunite. You still got that mystery uh, lady pirate helping him out along the way. Um, but at this yeah. chapter, this pre-chapter artwork, it's established. He's got the full body back. He's returned as captain. And later chapters, he'll start kicking the ass of the other. Um, would you say they were like the like the barbarian pirate kind of guys that the crew was stuck yeah, on? Yeah, I don't know. Like, he, perce yeah, proceeds to beat them those up. Those guys, that, but, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I'm I'm really digging the pre-chapter stories because I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I want to see Captain Buggy again, but if we do, we got the establishment. Hey, he's back. Let's see where it goes. I'm like, all right, cool. Let's see where it goes. He's still an asshole. He needs to fire Moji. Remember, Buggy, he brought you shame and humiliation. Remember. He got beaten by that <laughs> secret rubbing technique. You should let him go, man. Just let him drown. Feed him to the fishes. No one will miss yeah. Moji. No one will. <laughs> no one. Keep the lion, though. Lion's okay. So uh, then uh, Zoro meets Hachi. Yeah, I don't have a lot of notes here for 73. I have Captain Buggy's back. We see that... because uh, we, we cut to Luffy, right? We cut to Luffy, Shanji... And right, so Zoro like hears uh, Hachi sounding a trumpet because he has a big old piece of meat, and he's like trying to call the creature, right? Which we learned right, the creature, right? Who does not show up, and like Hachi sees him, and he's like, "Oh, are you a guest of Arlong?" And Zoro's like, "Uh, yeah, sure, totally. <laughs> Can you take me to Arlong?" And he's like, "Sure thing. Let's go. Hop oh, on my sure. back." Like, yeah, yeah so that was kind of funny. Like... He's kind of stupid. We saw, mm -hmm. and then he we is cut the first over. Mate. He is the first. Yeah, mate. he is. So he's pretty strong, mm -hmm. at least. Yeah, or yeah, we can we assume, can right? That's usually yeah. how it goes, right? The first mate is usually the second strongest in the crew. Yeah, if, at the very least, uh, if you're just comparing it to the Straw Hats and you think Zoro is the first mate, then it's like, yeah, he's probably the strong one. Um, and it makes sense too later on. But um, yeah, we cut back to Luffy, Shanji, um, Yosaku, Yosaku, <laughs> Yosaku. God, I yeah. want to say Yosako or something. It's, fine. Uh, it's kind of a weird. It's hard. Like uh, for us Westerners, it's not a common name. Uh, not Johnny. Um, not Johnny. Luffy <laughs> and Shanji are back on the boat. Uh, they are about to get their big meal that Shanji's been preparing them, and you know, showing off his cooking skills. They're devouring it. But yeah, Hachin is it Hachin? The yeah, octopus yeah, pirate? full name Hachin. Hachin. He yeah, he was wondering why. I think yeah, he was wondering why his usual treat. Hasn't been feeding uh, the beast. Why isn't the beast showing up? And it's because Shanji's been cooking. And that cooking, the good smell of the creature, the yeah. mighty creature of Arlong, is attracted to. And then we get right. our first, like, sea monster attack. 
and it's a giant fucking cow <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> named Momu. <laughs> fucking Momu. Yeah. <laughs> And, and overall I, just action there right we get a pretty cool like more sanji characterization when luffy's like oh i'm gonna eat this thing and sanji's like yo chill out man this creature's probably yeah, starving yeah it's this thing's hungry home. yeah exactly which this is thing cool is hungry. i like that it. moment and then momu proceeds to try to eat the meal and yeah. shiny and then shanji yeah. <laughs> gives it okay so i think this is why you asked me i can't wait for your, your opinion on shanji i think this is one of those reasons because i think i said last arc he doesn't seem that powerful of a fighter. Like, he has good kicks, but... And then in this arc, he literally does one kick to the sea monster, Momu, and oh, proceeds yeah. to actually fend it off with one kick. So I'm like, okay, so this guy definitely has, like, Chun-Li kicks. Okay, sure. He's stronger yeah, than I thought. He's got, he's got the kicks. In terms of fighting capability, I'll pump him up a rank in the tier list. <laughs> he's stronger than I thought. <laughs> I but he lost, he lost to the Pearl Man. Come on. But um, yeah, he I don't have that Pearl, much. He lost to to Jin. Yeah, but I don't have much notes for this chapter because yeah, like I said, it's basically action packed. Um, I think it's mainly Shanji is the one that fends off Momu. That ends with them eventually like commandeering Momu, like putting some rope around Momu so they can get like a, a free speed boost as yeah, Momu proceeds he, like, to travel back them. home. Yeah, going like, oh, damn, this guy beat me up. And, and the only other thing we home. see towards the end of the chapter is Zoro finally gets dropped off in Coco Village, where Arlong was, because he's looking for Usopp. Yeah. Well, Zoro and Arlong were both looking for Usopp, but Arlong mm. has already returned to the park because he got dragged off by his men already. Yeah, it's, it's part of the discussion we were having like, at the very beginning, where it's like a lot of pieces are in motion, like a chessboard or like a checkerboard. Yeah. But everyone's constantly in motion. I'm actually very impressed how... It does make sense where it's like, yeah, this person goes from here to there. That person's now there. This person's not here. Where is this person? This person is now there. Oh, by the way, Usopp is now with Arlong because he's been captured. By the way. And Zoro is at Or he gets Coco, captured right? pretty soon, right? Yeah, because first yeah. we see, uh, which I, a moment I kind of wanted to ask you what you thought of when Arlong gets back to the park and he sees all the fallen bodies that Zoro left behind, he actually mm. looks like, almost like he's in agony, you know? Like he's holding one of the bodies, he like falls down on his knees, and he's like, my brothers! And he's like, yeah. it kind of set him apart for me from like, especially the last villain we got, Don Krieg, who would just kill everyone in his crew that was afraid. Yeah, the, yeah exactly, the usual motif of Luffy has a thing against these pirates because they're, uh, they basically have no loyalty, no respect for their own crewmen. And in this case, Arlok has at least some respect for his crewmen. Um, at the very least, if it's not because they're crewmen, it's because they're fishmen. Because again, this guy's an elitist racist. So right. he sees other brethren fishmen who have been defeated. No, undoubtedly, by a human. Obviously, he will go, my dear brother, what happened to you? So yeah. not 100% confirmed that if he showed like great care for his crewmen, but yes, it's definitely not the same motif of Don Krieg, not of Captain Kiro. Right. Um, Buggy and, even, like... Yeah, Buggy, because Buggy killed one of his own men. For yeah, and Morgan, thinking. actually. Literally every villain we've had up to this point didn't give a shit about anyone that was under their yeah, like, command. Especially Morgan. Morgan told his own soldiers to shoot themselves. Ugh. But um, yeah, so we get that slight change in progression of characterization of villains here. It wasn't a huge thing that I noticed, but now that you pointed out, like, yeah, I did see that. Because that's not going to be the main motivator for right. the climax of this arc uh, in terms of the action. But, yeah, we get that established that it's not going to be that. 
So we so yeah, get the fallen fisherman just to, he asks Arlong asks him and he's like he finds out that it was the pirate hunter Zoro and Arlong just like Buggy before him. He's like, oh, he must have came to hunt me, mm. pirate hunter Zoro. Mm, I got and a big bounty on my a head. A fishman comes holding up Usopp like by the back of the neck. Yeah, I truly kill this guy. And then obviously Arlong is like, oh, that you're the fucker who shot me in the face with that right. slingshot. <laughs> you need to die um, because you had a weapon. And even and plus, you just crossed me. But um, I think before he does that, a series of events happens where one of the crew members are just is just trusting of Nami right at this point. Yeah, and, a couple of them are like, oh, Nami must have hired him or, you know, brought him here to kill Arlong. Yeah, and so she has to feel like she has to prove her loyalty for seeing a little bit into her head at this point of like, yeah, these straw hats, my these friends, these former crewmates of mine, they're ruining my plan right now. But I don't want to kill them because I like them. But they're really messing things up right now. And then Usopp's getting to the point where now he's calling her a witch and being, you know, she's being heartless and evil because she's, you know, she's putting up that that uh, persona much very well. And eventually it leads to the point where instead of Arlong executing Usopp right there on the spot, Nami gets a cheap shot on Usopp with the staff first. Usopp and her have a, you know, have a, like, you know, like a breakdown, have a fight. Um, Usopp's getting creative. He's got some tools. He throws a smoke screen, but Nami knows Usopp. He knows yeah, he, can, he can, he can read, he reads him like a book. So Usopp, is resourceful. He uses his surroundings to his advantage to flee. Nami reads him like a book. Uh, smacks him with a direct hit again from the staff with from the smoke. And we get a very shocking panel, which I know you're not. People probably aren't going to believe me. I think you might believe me, but no one's going to believe me. Where it looks like Nami just straight up stabs Usopp in the gut and yeah. goes for that huge shock panel where it just it's just business. And then proceeds to, quote-unquote, kill Usopp right then and there. No one's going to believe me. I immediately knew, no, he didn't die. No, that he wasn't stabbed. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's not that I, hard to pick up on, right? It's, I don't think it was that hard, but I didn't have much proof at this point. But it seemed too quick, and it wasn't too emphasized. Like, if this right. was actually a huge moment, it would have been the stinger of the chapter. It would have been a single panel covering the entire page. But this was like... You know, as a normal panel, like at the very bottom, no, no big exaggeration to it. The author obviously didn't want us to pay too much attention to the shocking moment, even though all the pieces on all the characters are doing the right emotions and lines to make you go, oh, my God, he just got stabbed. Except right. for one thing that I did notice the first time, but I didn't pick it up exactly why. But I knew that it must have been part of the reason somehow. Because I was thinking, oh, it must have been some cleverness because Nami is always resourceful and clever as well. Both of her hands are bloody. Why yeah, her why left is, hand why? especially is like really, really bloody. And you, if you yeah. pay really close attention and like doing the dissect thing, you're kind of like, why is there so much blood on her hand? <laughs> yeah, there's more, there's more blood on her hands than that's on Usopp's body right now. Yeah. I, knew, I noticed <laughs> that. And so my first thought was, did she pull like a, a hot fuzz and stab a, a, a tomato? And make it look like it, but obviously because we're reading the manga, we can't tell if it's blood or tomato juice. Right. But then I realized, no, you can't have that. Because I'm thinking like the, the hot fuzz scene that I'm mentioning is one of the characters in that movie has a gag where he pretends to stab himself in the fork with a fork in the eye and has like a ketchup packet. 
So it looks like, oh my god, I'm bleeding. Oh, I'm saving myself. And then it just shows like he's just had the ketchup packet. Um, so I'm like wondering, like, did she pull like a hot fuzz at this moment? I wasn't sure yeah. about that though, because I'm thinking like, no, a tomato wouldn't be that uh messy, that bloody. Um But yeah, we get that first moment where I'm like, okay, there's no way Usopp dies. He was just introduced two chapters ago. Uh, plus it's a shonen anime, no main characters die. Not yet anyway. So <laughs> I always say that because obviously there are going to be exceptions, but my rule is remember I came from Dragon Ball Z, Naruto and Bleach as my right. first shonen series. No main characters die, especially in the first two I mentioned. Right. But um so Johnny guess- the only other relevant thing there is Johnny oversaw the whole thing, right? He's like looking over the Yeah, exactly. and he thinks Usopp's it- dead. Yeah, he thinks Usopp's dead. Nami tr- truly is the evil villain, the witch. She's she's unforgivable. We have to address this. I must warn the others somehow. Right, and then we cut back to Zoro, who found out that Usopp got captured, and he's running back, which I did want to notice. He's actually running like in the right direction, which is amazing for him so far with his terrible. Oh, sense he's direction. actually improving. Well, he wait, was, is he going he back? Heading- is he going? Sorry, towards Arlong Park. He was running towards Arlong Park, and he was actually running towards Arlong Park. <laughs> okay, so in that case, I'm not going to defend Zoro. I'm going to say he's literally running back to where he just came from. So, yes. he, he's, he's, so I'm not going to say he has grown in skill. He leveled up his navigation. I'm going to go, uh-uh. He's just, yeah, he, no. He's a, he's a bit better than Luffy. He can remember where he's been before, but <laughs> I'm not going to give him the pass. Not yet. I mean, he couldn't um, find his own village, though, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true too but the sea is big um i guess it's just chapter- maybe in the heat of the moment and it's so important that he just he just snaps for him you know gotta go save usopp is what's on his mind true and true. plus he can kind of see arlong park like it's so tall so that might have mm-hmm. helped him too yeah big big uh big house for the big ego for the big racist elitist uh fish man yes um i don't have much chapters uh, sorry much notes on this next chapter but I definitely have <laughs> something that I noticed, which is almost an epiphany of mine. Uh, we get the official names, finally, of the second and third mates of Arlong. We get a, a Karubi and Chu, um, right. which is not very important. The important thing is I just realized the henchman for this arc is the, is the formula for every single shonen movie villain formula. Because you have the Explain. big, strong guy. We got the big, strong guy, right? Okay, again. This is shonen movie villains for old school uh, people like myself, boomers. Um, we, if you remember Dragon Ball Z movies, Naruto movies, Bleach movies, but you know, the non-canon movies, right? Soft canon at best. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Where you have the main villain and then you have goons. Uh, the, the main villain can usually vary from just pure evil to whatever, but the goons always followed the very similar formula in these old movies. They always had the strong, but dumb one. Uh, Karubi is kind of like this. He's really strong, but he's not really that dumb. Um, you got the pretty, but the dexterous one, which is Chu. He's got the big fishy lips and the heart uh, tattoo. And then you got the weird, but powerful one, which is Hatchin with his octopus arms. It totally fits the formula that, um, if you watch, uh, team four stars, YouTube series on Dragon Ball Z abridged, they always make the joke about this in all their movie abridged movies where Piccolo is always calling out like, okay, who's the weird, who's the weird one? Strong one, pretty one, go. <laughs> which one's which, right? Which one's which? I gotta know. Right. I gotta know which one. Like so time. I'm looking at, yeah, and I'm looking at this. And I'm going, look at the henchman going, oh my God, did, did Oda inadvertently start the Shonen movie villain formula of the goons? 
Very possible. Because we literally see them in action taking apart um, a Navy ship that actually tries to rescue the people. Like, they actually got a call, I think from the boy, of like, oh, we need to rescue these people. And they got like the honey boo-boo captain with all the weird pigtails in his hair going, oh, we must rescue these people. And then the henchmen just completely tear apart the crew all by themselves. Yeah, which, just the three of them, like, easily. Yeah, which which uh, was an explanation to people like me going, how did no one rescue this village at all? Like, not, like I know this was, you know, seen by the corrupt Captain Nozumi, but, like, did no one else ever pick up a call or, you know, try? And then this shows, well, if they had, then they're getting destroyed easily by the fishmen, by the fishmen pirates. Yeah, so it's we almost... kind of see, like, uh, Nami's relevance to the crew there, right? Because she mapped the ocean currents. So, like, they knew exactly, like, how to move around the water even better than they would just normally. And that really that gave them the edge. Too. The reinforcements to why uh, Arlong will do anything possible to keep Nami with the crew, even though she's not a fishman. Yeah. She is a disgusting human, but she is an exception because she is so talented with navigational maps that's helping us control these territories so easily and fluently. So, yeah, it reinforces that her role to that crew and why he values her so much. Because even when, um, I think, yeah, I skipped ahead a little bit on this part, I think. Well, I think I did. Where one of the crew members, I think it's a Karubi, he still doesn't trust Nami. He finds a treasure map within the house that Nami stays in. Nami gets real defensive, and Arlong actually goes, hey, dude, not cool. Give it back to her. Like, he's actually siding with her. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Respect her privacy. Like, she's a valued crew member. Don't push it. Um, which I guess also approves your, what you were saying earlier about like, he actually does care for the crewmates, even if they are disgusting human. Um, so it goes with that territory, but obviously we also know there's an ulterior motive to this later on. I won't, I won't, I won't go into there just yet. Um, but there's an ulterior motive to why he, uh, is doing everything he can to be nice to her. And it's not just because, oh, he values the crew It's like, there's another reason other than just simply she's a great navigator. So. Right. We'll get to that eventually as well. Um, yeah, yeah, so back like with uh, the gang who are getting pulled by the big sea cow, Momu, it kind of like yeah. just flips their ship into the air and sends it like onto the island like they land on a hill and they just go like mm-hmm. rapidly speeding down and luckily, <laughs> very luckily, they run right into Zoro, right? They crash right yeah, into him. So we, yeah, we get some of the crew back together. I think we get... We don't get both brothers. We get... Help me out here. No, yeah, both brothers, because Yosaku was with them, <laughs> okay, okay. and Johnny shows up right after. Okay, and then we also got Luffy, Sanji, and... Uh, is it Sanji? Yeah, Sanji. Uh, was I, I think I was saying Shinji. Was it? No, I was saying no, Sanji. Saying Sanji. Or Sanji. Okay. I think maybe you only said it once, though. You fixed it, I'm pretty sure. Okay, okay. Sanji. No H, just Sanji. Um, and uh, Zoro, all together. And basically, they're all getting together, because you know one of the brothers is going, you know, Nami is a traitor. Don't bother. We need to abandon this mission. We need to go get the ship. Right, if you they get into to. some shenanigans, right? And Zoro's like, "Hey, no time for this. We got to go save Usopp." And then Johnny yeah. shows up, and he's like, "Nope, no mm-hmm. point. Nami killed him." Yeah, yeah. Usopp's yeah. Usopp's dead. Nami killed him straight up. Like she, like I saw it with my own eyes. Nami is sus. Vote her out. And Luffy, being <laughs> stubborn, goes, "No, don't vote him out. Vote to skip. Vote to skip." And obviously, it doesn't work out, but we get a direct confrontation from Nami herself. And this is when I immediately go, oh, she totally faked that stab on Usopp. I saw right away. 
she's wearing a very dark glove on her left hand. Yeah. And I go, why are you wearing a glove, Nami? Only one hand, but not both. Yeah, right. And Oda, why'd you make her wear such a dark glove so my eyes will go to that dark spot on the panel going, why is she wearing a glove? Right, you know, if, he could have easily just made it like, you know, a, like a skin t- a, or light-colored glove so you wouldn't notice it as easily. Kind of like um, yeah. Hawkeye sleeves where it's the same color as the skin almost. At least in the manga. But yeah, like Nami's like wearing a very... Things. Yeah, Nami's wearing an obvious dark glove, so it's like, draw your attention to it. And luckily, there's never a moment where she, we actually are told, I did this. Not right away, I mean, anyway. But right. Well, Zoro does ask her, he's like, where's Usopp? And she's like, she says, feeding the fishes, right? Yeah, she's still, she's still pulling the villain, the villain persona. And Zoro, like, actually is kind of pissed, right? <laughs> yeah, because like, he I thought he I think probably, like, a out. mixture of, he, like, I mean, he does, I think, know that she's not, like, evil. But he doesn't necessarily know how far she'll go to keep up her facade, right? Yeah, not to mention as well where it's like, okay, it's just us and you're still doing this act. Like, you can't at all, like, inform right. us what's going on. So like, he's, like, he's still... ready to kill her, it looks like, to me. I was like, damn, Nami, you messed up. Yeah, he was acting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he, you're right. He was acting. He was actually about to attack Nami. Uh, Sanji goes to rescue her uh, and interfere, which I actually wrote a, another negative that I had. Sanji is a bit misogynistic. He is also yes. kind of annoying. I absolutely point. do not disagree. You do not disagree? I do not disagree, yeah. In other words, I do agree. Okay, sorry. <laughs> you had a double negative there, so I figured it out for a second. Okay, so at this point, we kind of skipped over Sanji's dialogue and moments because he, su- he is simping super fucking hard. He is, he's a huge for- simp. Yeah, for Nami. Just for nonstop. <laughs> Come on. And... Like, you're not quite on the Jiraiya levels of perviness. Like, you're not out, like, trying to spy on people. But with that type of attitude, I wouldn't be surprised if he did in the future. And not only right, that, I when agree. he's... Yeah, and then at this point, when he's actually defending Nami's honor, like, or, like, or loyalty, it's not because I trust Nami or trust Luffy's trust in Nami, if we're doing, you know, Gurren Lagann anime shonen here, um, or tropey here, sorry. He's doing it because you don't attack a young lady like that. How could you? And it's like, I don't know, dude. Right. This is, I don't know, like, man. <laughs> like, at this point, it's it's hard to say if Luffy was convinced. Like, let's say she really did kill Usopp, right? And Luffy became convinced that she did. And Luffy decided that he was going to kill her in, like, retaliation. Do you think Sanji mm-hmm. would try and stop him or go with it? Like, it's hard to say here, right? I would, honestly, at this point. I would say he would still try and defend Nami because, again, he's uh, he's simping super yeah, hard. Yeah, that, that's kind of what it seems like, which is... Mm, yeah, but, on, and son. again, his reasoning is not good. Hopefully, we get some characterization in the future because, again, I, I, I stuck out with Nami. I stuck out with Usopp with their flaws, right? Um, And giving them a chance. And it, it could be a character trait. Maybe Sanji in the future will have a moment where his, this misogynistic attitude of his will be addressed. Maybe he'll bite him in the ass and that will humble him because another fictional character of mine from different series was also horribly misogynistic when the series first started it was Sokka from Avatar Last Airbender in the first five episodes of that series at least the first five he was horribly misogynistic towards women and after the Kyoshi uh, Island episode he is completely humbled because he is schooled super hard by Suki in that show God, Kyoshi warriors are so badass yeah, and that. then at that yeah at that point he becomes better and becomes a much better person for that. 
um, and character. So they use so that was an example of a series using a horrible flaw like misogyny from a character like Sokka to actually have some character development from that point on. Yeah. So I don't know what the plan here is for Sanji. And I kind of want to get off of that because Sanji is not the star in this arc at all. But all, this is no. the, yeah, but this is the perspective I have so far of Sanji is, okay, your reasonings are pretty bad, but I kind of wish someone was calling him out on it. Like, because yeah. at least an avatar, uh, Sokka's sister, Katara, was calling him out on being sexist. Even in the first episode, she actually uses the word, I can't believe you're a sexist. Um, right. But... No one's calling Sanji out for being a misogynist in this case, so I'm a little worried this is going to be a long-term thing or if this is going to be, like, you know, addressed much later down the line. I hope it's not yeah. a permanent thing. I really hope not. Because I'm a fan of characters having flaws, but this one doesn't seem like a, uh, a storytelling positive flaw for the character. Like, right. Usopp with his fear, right? That ends up fueling some very good comedic moments, but also having some really hype moments, this arc. Um, where we have Zoro being completely stubborn with his pride of being a swordsman. You got that crazy moment last arc with Hawkeye with his pride on the line, his goal and dedication. So Oda has shown that he can have character flaws be good storyteller motivators. This one, I'm not so sure about. I'm in the negative on this one right now. I'm not neutral. I'm negative on this one. But I, I, I get you. I'm with you at this point. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So... I will give him some patience, but let's just say when we're establishing, <laughs> when I'm establishing my weekly updated straw hat tier list, Sanji is definitely at the bottom of the list right now. Uh, yeah, we'll definitely do that at the end of the episode. So mm -hmm. uh, plot wise, we kind of get like Nami leaves, right? It's yeah, she was like, saying Zoro and Sanji are fighting. Oh, yeah, absolutely. She was saying that, yeah, you guys stopped being useful to me because I stole your treasure. Now get out of here. Luffy. Uh, does the Luffy thing? He yeah, he's just like, goes, uh, I'm the captain. I don't take orders from you, and I want to stay. <laughs> yeah, I'm not leaving. He just lays on the beach, going, "I'm, not, I'm not leaving." Nope. He doesn't explain yeah. why. Mm -mm. He doesn't give a detailed explanation. He's just saying, "I don't want to leave." It's him being completely stubborn, but it actually pisses off Nami because it's going against her plans. It's like your, your, you guys being here is a possible wrench in like a disruption in the machine I have going on. And she bursts out going, like, fine, have it your way. Or I forget yeah. what she explained exactly, but she loses her cool. She actually loses her temper. And it's not like in a comedic moment where, like, you know, the eyes, the pupils are gone. It's just pure white eyes with, like, the Rachel Sharp fangs. It's like, no, she actually bursts out in anger. Like, fine. Like, have it your way. And then yeah, proceeds die, to have. see if I care, you know? Yeah, die, see if I care, yeah. And then proceeds to go back to her house. Uh, Straw Hat Pirates are unsure where they stand with uh nami well some of them are i think obviously luffy at this point is obviously like i don't care we're keeping our uh we're keeping our navigator i don't care if she wants us to leave we're staying um uh we get back to the house uh and we're getting like our very the very beginning of what i consider to be the highest point in this series without a doubt it starts at this moment at the end of 76 when nojiko returns home nami is basically destroy the house. It's a tantrum, right? Anger fit. Right. Completely understandable. Where and she has her head down. She has the map. She has the treasure map, by the way, that the crewmen of Arlong found that Arlong was like, no, give it back to her. Well wait, wait. Was, Bef was it before that that Nojiko showed up and talked to Zoro and Sanji? Or I guess Sanji 
and Usopp, right? Yeah, so that's why, uh, yeah, because Nami finds out, like, oh, you've actually talked to them before? You actually know who they are kind of thing? But kind of establishing that, yeah, Nojiko kind of has an idea of what's going on and why she's throwing this, ten- this temper tantrum because she's aware that Nami is having, like, a, a friendly bond with these crew members, and that's the word that drives her nuts the most because of some horrible ideal she had in the past. And right. what I had perceived before we get to that is she throws her anger tantrum, but to calm herself, she looks at the self-made treasure map she made of the island. X marks the spot. It's Coco Village. It's her treasure. It's her personal treasure. It's her home. And she looks at the, she's looking at a map that she designed because she loves navigating. She loves creating maps. Mm-hmm. And she's looking at X marks the spot of her island of her home. This is what she uses to calm herself. It's a reminder of her end goal. It's a reminder of her dream. X marks the spot, free the home. And that calms her down. But she does her best to try and calm down. We get a zoom, we get a, we get a zoom in basically of her bandaged hand to confirm if you didn't know at this point, she stabbed herself in the hand to prevent from killing Usopp. Right. Um, I think at this point, we, it did already show Usopp alive. And he's like, he was in the village asking where Zora was. And like, oh, he went to Arlong Park looking for you. Oh, and I think props to Usopp as well. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt in this case. He's a naturally good actor, whether he believes yeah. it or not. So when he thought he was being stabbed, even though he wasn't, he acted it out perfectly, fell in the water, and stayed underwater just long enough for even the fishmen to not suspect a thing. So I'll give him props for that. I'll, I, I, we weren't sure yeah, about the earlier one. bit when, yeah, when Nojiko uh, saved Usopp from the fishmen very early on in this arc. I'll give him the benefit this case of, yeah, he's a good actor. He totally knew what to do at this point. Oh, she's pretending to kill me. Okay, play dead. Got it. I can do right. this. This he's is actually the plan. Right? He goes with yeah, it so fast. Yeah. He's like, ugh, I, 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 I can totally play dead. I, yeah, yeah, I can totally play dead. I'm used to this kind of thing. But, um, yeah, but actually going along with that plan. But, should we start? Yeah, so just meanwhile, Nojiko meets up with the the Straw Hats. Like, Zoro and Sanji are still kind of bickering. And then Usopp shows up too, right? Because they're fighting each other, and Usopp kind of falls in the middle of both their heads, right? Funny, kind of. So then Nojiko arrives, and she's like, hey, you guys got to leave, but if you really want to know, I'll tell you about Nami. And, you know, Zoro's, Luffy's like, nope, don't care, and he just leaves. Yeah. And Zoro's like, yeah, tell us, and goes to sleep. Like, he doesn't care either. Yeah, Zoro falls asleep because Zoro, like, needs his rest still, and he doesn't really care about the backstory. But that tells me is that Luffy doesn't need a backstory to know, to understand the loyalties or, like, the the trust where Nami's coming from because he's Luffy, he's stubborn. And Zoro already knows. Again, he already did that loyalty test earlier when he saw the that that flash of like guilt Nami had when he was tied right. up. And especially and now he tested... that like he's, he's seen Usopp alive. Now he's sure. You know? Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, he okay, sees Usopp wrong. a lot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're right. So he's got Usopp alive. He did the loyalty test. She freed him. So she, he doesn't need it either. He can rest at this point. He's still, he's still recovering after all. Yeah. So Cause like he, he probably knows like we're, so, I'm going to be fighting soon. And I got to rest up a little bit before this goes down. Yeah. So the story that we're about to get to, is mainly for Sanji for probably the wrong reasons. And Usopp, because he actually wants to know, like, okay, she pretended to kill me, but didn't. What's the bigger picture? What's going on here? All right, tell me about best mom. (sighs) All right. How do you pronounce her name? (laughs) Belamir? Okay. 
Bellamere is straight up the Izumi from Full Metal Alchemist of what I've perceived. Izumi is the tutor of Ed and Alphonse yeah, from Full Metal Alchemist 100%. with the dreads. She is totally that type of character where she is the tough mom. Um, in this case, Bellamere uh, saved. We find out in a flashback. I'm going a little out of context here because, you know, I'm going the furthest back I can go. Uh, we find out that Nami and Nojiko are separate because they're stepsisters. They were adopted. We find out. Right. They were a part of this horrible raid on their village that they have no memories of because they were babies. And Bellamere finds the two babies abandoned and rescues them both, even though she's well, I think, bloody. I think Nojiko was like, she was like a three-year-old or something, right? Because she was, she showed up to Bellamere holding. Yeah, she was three. Three or four, maybe. Right. Well, no, she, Nami was they definitely were, like one. Or she younger. was holding both of them. She was holding both of them. Yeah, you're right. She was holding both of them, but yeah, Nojiko is two years older. Uh, she's a little older than Nami, but she saves them both. She proclaims that she will take care of them both because they were she, basically Bellamere is a retired Navy vet at this point. She's been doing. Mm-hmm. She's been fighting in the seas. She's retiring. Uh, she's got some kids to look out for, so she's like, all right, now now I have a new goal. I have to take care of these kids. Um, although. Retiring is kind of an early word because she was really young at the point when she found them. So I think she just uh, determines at that point she's going to be a mother and take care of them because she just sees two orphaned girls and she wants to take care of them. So props to her for that. By the way, she has great hair. She has Viking hair. Swagging it. Yeah, she straight up has Viking hair. Like I was talking about the comparison to Izumi earlier where she's got the dreads and she rocks them well. Um... Bellamere has like this where she has a buzz cut on the side of her heads, um, but she has like a style to her bangs. The mohawk in the middle is still there, but there's a ponytail at the end. So it tells me like, oh, this this girl was like showed up like from a Viking village in her past. That's yeah, it kind of like me. solidifies her kind of warrior like persona, you know? Yeah. And she's a fighter. Absolutely. She's a fighter. We just see one panel of that. But trust me, she's a fighter. Yeah. Yeah, which confirms, okay, you don't need any, like that hairstyle alone for me was to go, yeah, Navy vet, got it. Vikings ruled the seas back when they, in their area, back when they were popular. She's got the hairstyle. That's enough to tell me. Yep. Navy vet, got it. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what um, that, yep. That's all I needed personally. Um, we first see of uh, why we got this flashback to start with of Nozuko confirming that the term friend is like one of Nami's hated words right now. And you're like wondering what, what? Why would she not like? Why would she not like friends? Why would she like? We're we're uh, we're we're painting it up kind of bluntly, right? Like the the trope of like you know friends are everything, power and friendship kind of thing, whatever. Mm-hmm. But in this case, we're like going a little backwards, where it's like, why does she hate it exactly? So I'm you know, if you're super cynical, like you know, kind of like I was, if I if I if I were to jump into this first rather than like the beginning of the story, I would have been like, like what are you gonna do? How are you gonna convince me? Of your trope, but in reverse of like friendship's important. What are you gonna do to me, Oda? Oh, he yeah. just he just cracked his fingers and he was like, "Let the master work." So sit back and read. Yeah, fucking read, chump. Um, we find out that you know it's eight years ago during this flashback. So when she's ten years old, I think at this point, uh, she's kind of a brat. Um, yeah, she steals books so that reconfirmed that okay she does steal but because before early i was mentioning how 
Like, is she even a klepto? Like, what's the deal with this? Like, it made me question, right? But now we mm-hmm. get more of the motivation of her. Like, okay, she stole even when she was a child because she was a part of a poor family. Uh, Bellamere, Nojiko, and her, they were kind of a poor family. They had just had a tangerine farm, and that was it. Um, didn't make much money. Also, we kind of get to see where Nami gets some of her charm and clever wits right. from. Because Genzo is trying to like, you know, like accuse Nami of like, you're a thief. Get, return that to the library this instant. And Bellamere is like, you know, if you let the slide, I'll I'll pay you back in kisses, though. And then Genzo's just yeah. like, oh. <laughs> so we do like and Nami it, definitely picked up like personality traits from Bellamere, like which is cool. yeah, exactly. Got got to work with what you got, right? If it works, use it to your advantage. Um, we get that. Um. We get the classic fight, though, that happens when they're at home. They're, they're basically a happy family, but obviously anyone who has kids, you got the 10-year-olds and under. They're going to have some very dramatic moments at times. Yeah. And it's a little bit of a trope in this one, but I let, I let this pass because of the end goal that, that works. Is Nami does the trope of, I hate this family. I wish you weren't my mom. I want out of here. But this sticks harder to Bellamere because one, they are a poor family, so she's struggling. Two, she's an adoptive mother, so you got that, you know, that right. um, extra that layer. Si- that yeah, that that side layer or that extra layer of oh, not by blood, so you're not even my real mom. So that stung extra hard, and yeah, they're just the, the usual classic of like, I wish I had a different family. Uh, Bellamere just goes fine if you want to leave and just run away, get out of here, because Nami goes, I wish I had a rich family. Which again, like it just cuts an extra layer deep. But yeah. luckily, I picked up on this the first and second time going through this was Nami's reasoning isn't just because oh I hate being poor. It was me and Nojiko are making you poor. So right. if we were gone, you would be better off because they find out that Bellamere is starving herself to feed the kids while all she has is right. just eating tangerines. She's just eating tangerines. She's like oh it's it's fine. I'm on a diet, you know. But obviously, yeah. that's not the truth. Yeah, but luckily because she does she has that good uh that that good acting face, that charm that Nami picks up on where it's like you can't tell if she's actually starving or not and happy with eating just tangerines, but she pulls it off so well that you're just going, "Oh, totally." But obviously it's because she loves her kids, but we'll get more. Best later. fucking mom. Best mom, let's not jump the gun just yet. I got to do this right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So again, establishing that the end of chapter 76 on to a couple of chapters later on are like the best chapters in this series so far. I, I gotta get, yeah. I gotta get this right, man. I gotta get this right. I don't want to screw this up. So basically um, after that, right when they're in the middle of their fight, Arlong and his crew show up. Yeah. So, Oh, we're kind of jumping on a little bit. Uh, so Nami does run away. Uh, we get the backstory that we just explained earlier where how Bellamere finds the kids, right? They're abandoned. They're orphaned in the raid against the village. Um, Genzo tells Nami that backstory. Um, also, noticeably, Genzo doesn't have any of the stitches. Uh, he is—he has a propeller on his hat still, but right. he doesn't have any stitches. Um, and I'm just going like, dude, what is the fuck is up with that propeller? Um, seemingly always spinning when Nami is around. I wonder why. Um, mm. And then after, yeah, after explaining and then going, you should probably, you know, go back and return and apologize. Arlong shows up. I think for the first time, Arlong shows up and goes, all yeah, right, we're time. establishing. Yeah, I'm the new guy in charge. You got to pay a tribute. You got to pay 100,000 berries per head, 50,000 per child. 
Which whoever is, you know, can't pay is gonna get killed. Yeah, whoever can't pay just dies straight up, and immediately you're going right. The family's poor. Shit, yeah. I'm getting a little worried. Oh shit. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Arlon goes to collect the tributes from the village, and just when they oh, uh, while he's collecting the tribute, I think Genzo and a couple of the villagers try and hide the two girls because they ran away after all. Um, I think Nezuko ran away to chase after Nami, right? Because Nami was the one that ran away. She was tired of getting... Right, yeah, Nezuko was like, she just really, she really is the big sister, like, personified, you know? Best yeah, big sis. She, she was like, oh, like, mm-hmm. like, so, like, Bellamere, Nami didn't mean that. You know, Nezuko's like, yeah, I know. Go get her for me and I'll make you guys, like, special dinner. And Nezuko yeah. like, smiles and goes and runs after her. <sighs> We're talking about, like, oh, okay, I'm, sorry, I'm jumping on here again, sorry. Um, so collects a tribute from the village. They're successfully hiding the kids. They think they can just get away with because Genzo's even going like, okay, so they live off the Tangerine Farm is just far enough from our main village, where hopefully if they're just like eager to get back on the ship and get out of here, they won't like expand their search right. Where they, they got the yeah, core of the village, they got their tributes. Get out of here. One of the pirates spots that farm. It was hot, you motherfucker. Sp- I hate it was him. hot. <laughs> I didn't even care who found him because the smoke and the distance was because Bellamere was cooking an apology dinner for the poor girls after the fight. And immediately I'm going, Nami feels guilty over this because she yes. knew she wouldn't be cooking that feast if she wasn't complaining about her not eating, them not eating enough, being poor, constantly eating tangerines. The guilt is piling up, and I'm I'm going, oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> like it's all clicking, so, right? Things so are starting Arlong to snap crew into go, place. They see the house smoke, they go over there, and they're like, yep. "Genzo's like, oh, she lives alone. She doesn't have any kids, right?" And then yeah. Karobi, he's like checking the village ledgers, and he's like, "Oh, that's true. No kids, never married." But then, oh, yeah, maybe because- this is a part where I was like, "Hachi, you're such a bitch." He looks in the window, and he's like, "Oh, the table's set for three. Yeah, yeah, okay, I remember that. Hot, I was so mad. <laughs> but, okay, but we're, we're jumping a little bit ahead, because while they're trying to hide the girls, they're doing, um, they're doing a drastic plan that, I'm, I, that I know Bellamere knew was gonna, what was happening, that the villagers, it was a doctor and someone else, they're trying to get the girls onto a boat and send them away again. They were going to orphan them a second time. And, right. But it was to do so to, okay, so this way Bellamere... If she's spotted, she can at least with all of her secret savings, her life savings, she can at least pay the tribute for herself. Just enough. So that's what Genzo and the villagers were trying to do, right? That way everyone can live and endure. Because that's a running motif for the villagers in this arc is endure, is to survive. Um, and we did also skip that one quick panel when Arlong busts in the door and she just like kind of swipe kicks him to the floor. Correction, Justin. Mouth. Correction, Justin, you skipped it. I was getting to that part. <laughs> You're jumping all around, man. Was... I can't keep up. But we're just hit the I'm points. sorry. The I'm trying points. my best. <laughs> so Arlon <laughs> knocks on the door. Yeah, so Arlon knocks on the door going, you know, and then he gets, he hears the come on in. He comes in going, hey, I need a fucking trivia. And before whatever he can finish, he gets like a spinning bicycle kick from yeah, Bellamere so out the door. <laughs> A, like a, like a low to a high attack at the same time it's enough of a surprise to knock him down she pins him immediately in that same motion and sticks mm-hmm. a musket in his mouth going don't move 
don't do anything. And I'm just like, oh, lady after my heart. Stop it. Oh, and then work out no though. though. Yeah, he just ate naturally it. no good. Bit it and yeah, we 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 get the reinforcement from this elitist going like again, this racist, horrible person. But he's not just talking out of his ass the whole time. And, you know, and she's doing the thing where, you know, because she's former Navy. She's not going to be completely uh, cold, at least as far as I know. The, the Navy in this universe doesn't seem like they're as cold-hearted as pirates. Not all of them, anyway. She seems like more of the honorable type of Navy uh, person. Morgan. And, <laughs> yeah, Morgan. <laughs> That's <what I> mean. <laughs> but, um, or even Iron Body. But um, she doesn't, like, kill him right away. She could have clearly killed him at that point, fired a musket in his mouth, point blank. Or, I don't know if it could have killed him or not. I don't know. Um, but he chomps on the musket barrel, destroys it, and then uh, breaks her arm, completely overpowering her and beating her. She totally had the edge right. over him, but I like to think that it's her motherly, her new motherly instincts that she got to protect. Well, also that Navy training of don't kill, don't be cold, capture if you can, right? Interrogate. That right. ended up biting her in the ass because Arlong is a piece of shit. You know, giant cunt. Um, and then that's the moment when we see the other villagers telling Nami and Nojiko, like, oh, you guys got to leave the island. Yeah, because, you guys you know, got to leave. He's making them pay for all the for everyone, and Bellamy obviously can't afford yeah, it. Yeah, doesn't have enough for everyone. You guys need to flee. Uh, they find the extra chairs in the house, but the villagers are doing a good job. Genzo especially. Genzo is like the secret low-tier MVP of this arc, where he's going, like, he's <laughs> totally acting, covering it up, going like, yeah, yeah, you're you're getting dinner planned for me and the doctor, right? Kind of thing, like going along with that story. Yeah, like she kind of invited us. It. Yeah, and then she was going along with it, kind of how hardly I thought it was because she was injured. She just had her arm broken, um, probably both. But she wasn't like trying to go along with it too hard. But she was, you know, at this point, Arlen was just happy that you know we got the extra tribute, we got the extra money, we found the some maps that actually help us out around the area because they're also looking for some navigation maps. To, for the area because they're brand new to the area, charts, right? And he's like, "Oh, hey, I finally yeah. found them. They're all in this house." Yeah, so, because Nami likes yeah, to so draw he, maps. Yeah, so they're they're a little happy at this point. They're about to leave. They were, they got their tribute. They got some maps. They got their plunder. Uh, they're about to head out, but we get a combination of <sighs> Best mom. before, yeah, before the girls are sent off, she makes the cry, makes the declaration of the money is for the kids for my daughters are long turns around and goes, you know, like for the daughters and goes, yes, my two daughters, Nami and Nojiko over <sighs> here. They flee from their boat. They cry in tears. I threw up back a little bit Bellamy. this time too. I'm not going to lie. I, dude. When I, she was like, I just can't say I don't have children. I was like, damn it. Bellamere. <laughs> I, best dude, I, I legit teared up when Nami and Nojiko were crying, going, please don't leave. Please don't go. Yeah. Um, and she spills the line of, I'm sorry I couldn't do better. I'm sorry I wasn't a good mother to you. And I'm just like, you're the best mother. Shut the fuck up. But uh, all these, these moments of guilt and events all interwoven with each other. And it's like, oh, my God, dude. Ah, oh, beautiful, emotional, powerful. Right. It inspires and Genzo course, the- and some of the villagers to actually uprise and try and defend. Uh, Genzo yeah, tries to shoot. But the pirates are obviously outscaling them, outmatching them, bringing them down. And he accepts the tribute for the Arlong. He accepts the tribute for the girls. Obviously, not enough for the mother, Bellamere. 
and goes, you're no exception. But he, it's not even like an honor thing where he's like, no exception. It's like he's smiling. He's giddy. He's loving what he's doing. He points a pistol <sighs> at her head. Yeah. Again, biggest cunt. Hashtag and, fuck Arlong. Uh, hashtag fuck Arlong. Uh, hashtag Bellamere best mother. And, but one of the badass parts too was even though he's putting the gun at her point blank, she's got the cigarette in her mouth. She's smiling, even though she's beaten, she's about to die. She's smiling. She's proud of her decision to not only like, because again, she'd made this decision because she didn't want the girls to be orphaned again. She did this to protect her kids, her daughters. Yeah. And or the last thing she says as the kids are, you know, pleading for their mother, she states proudly, I love you. Bang. Bellamere's dead. dead. Cold-blooded dead. And it, is it, this just, the moment when Arlong just instantly jumped to the top of the cunt chart for you? Uh, it quite was, but it's not the final straw. Oh, it, no, it's it not. shot up there. This was the part where I'm like, okay, he's even with Moji at this point, right? Because it's still really? going on, right? <laughs> what? The, That's even hey, with Moji? Mo- Mo- Moji? Okay, Moji again killed and beat the dog. That was just trying to protect. He didn't kill the, property, the dog. Okay? He lived. I got a weak spot for dogs, and also again, the story was still going on at this point, so I was keeping an open mind. But he was okay, already okay, shooting up to fair. be even, right? And again, we still got more. This is still not the end of the peak of storytelling of One Piece so far. Right. So after so, that, like the only thing we really see in the flashback after that is that some Nami yeah, final found words. out, or Arlong found out Nami took the drew the maps, and therefore he kind of first forced her to join on the promise yeah, to takes, the village. Takes her with him. Uh, we get some more flashbacks real quick of Bellamere's final words of don't worry what well not the final words but like flashbacks obviously like her her words of something she said at some point. Yeah. yeah. Basically we're getting our equivalent of Nana to All Might in My Hero Academia where she goes you know always smile never stop smiling. We right. get our moment but with Bellamere where she goes, don't worry about what anyone says and whatever happens, never lose your ability to laugh. Directly making parallels where it's like, okay, it's not smiling, but it's laughing. And then she always says to survive, to endure, the, you know, the great way to live. And I took, I took that as like, oh, this is why the village is so uh, passionate about enduring under the tyranny of Arlong because they're also going by Bellamere's final words and maybe something else, maybe perhaps, I don't know. Who knows, right? Wink, wink. Right. But <laughs> to endure, right? And to honor Bellamere and to be patient for the right time, the right moment. As you said, Nami is apprehended by Arlong and the pirates because, wow, this little girl is a prodigy. She knows how to navigate, uh, make maps and charts. This would be help. This would greatly help us control the area. And the village is about to uprise. They're getting armed and ready. They're about to, you know, realistically, they're like, we can't take this. Like, no, we're going to rescue Nami. The mother just died protecting the daughters. We can't just let her death be in vain. Let's go rescue her. Let's and save ourselves. Nami returns. And it seems like she's a completely different person. She is cold. She's distant. Well, actually, no. Uh, What's the right words? She's detached. She's heartless. Yeah. Is that better? better? Okay, yeah, she's that's better. Um, they because think she's, she's like, like kind of traumatized or something. 
Yeah, but they're obviously in shock because like, Nami, what are you doing? She's like, look, they paid me money. I can buy whatever I want now. I'm no longer poor. Isn't this great? And they're like trying to like, you know, grab her. Going like, dude, what's wrong with you? And Nami, you know, trying to shrug them off. The, the sleeve kind of pulls up from the ruffle. They see that she's been tattooed. She's got the mark of Ar- the Arlong pirates on her arm, her shoulder. And at that point, the village turns away. They shut off and go, she's just betrayed us. And then worse off, which is to add to that guilt, the village doesn't uprise because to try and kill Arlong and the pirates would be to kill her. So they're stuck in this awkward situation now at this point, at this very second. They don't want to uprise because it means to kill her. Right? Because they can just easily use her as a bait. They can use her as a target. And obviously Bellamere wouldn't want that. So they stop. We cut to the grave of Bellamere. Noji goes there. Nami, already at the age of 10, reveals the plan that she has. Like This has already been an act. When she returns with the money and she's heartless, it's already part of the act. It's already part of the plan. Arlong made a deal with me. 100 million berries. I can buy the village. I'm going to go for that goal. And until that point, I need everyone to just be distant from me. I need to go alone because whenever... My friends, Genzo, my mother, Bellamere, try and help me. They die. They get stitched. They get hurt. They get wounded. Everything goes wrong. So she's lone wolfing it. She's soloing it because she cares. Yep. And so we get this. <laughs> so this is why we're getting this. All the dots are connecting. All the dominoes are falling into place. The puzzles are, the pieces are matching into the puzzle. This is why Nami was distant. Why her loyalty was never 100% to Luffy. This is why she's been putting on this cold, distant, heartless act the whole time. Because the end game is worth it to her. But she needs to keep everyone away distant. Because if no one is attached to her, no one will try and quote unquote rescue her. No one will try to help her. Because ultimately, when she gets her goal, everything will be fine. That's the goal. And then I can go and, and we can live and be ourselves. But be patient. That was eventually the end goal. Things, all these things clicked into place. We're not even done yet. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's just the, the just the flashback. That's the end of the flashback. At at this point, at the end of the flashback. So give me a um, quick. You got a flashback tier list for the Straw Hats. Now that we've seen all of them. Uh, well, of the current ones, yeah. 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 Uh, Nami number one. Nami number two. Nami number three. Nami number four. Nami number five. <laughs> All right, there's your list. No love Moving for on. I like Sanji's backstory a lot too, but I I would put Nami at number one as well. Sanji's okay. If we're talking realistically, Sanji's flashback was good, but this arc is really diminishing his character to the point where I have to remind myself, right? This guy did have a touching flashback with uh, Zef. Is that his name? Yeah, Zef. Zef. Uh, not uh, not Doug Dibbenome. Um, <laughs> but it's kind of being outshined by his kind of his asshole behavior this type out round. Um. I don't. Usopp had a really short flashback of him and his yeah. mother, which is very touching. Also, very kind of quick and last minute, though, similar to Zoro's. Um, Luffy's is kind of cheating because it's the entire prologue first chapter. Right. It's but, not. A, hey, it's not really like a flashback so much as a prologue, right? But yeah, it's, kind it's of still both, great though. Yeah. Um, but yeah, honestly, Nami's is the best one. I would say Luffy's is two, Sanji's three. Uh, Zoro's four, Usopp's five, only because Usopp only had like two or three pages, yeah. And then Zoro's okay. had like five pages. <laughs> like it was yeah, a criticism sure, sure, that, sure. that I had of Zoro's flashback at the at the time. I remember I remember going, 
it seemed too quick. It seemed anticlimactic, but it's been definitely getting better and better because all the ones at the bottom, with the exception of Luffy's, were like from his earlier arcs. So he's been getting much better at the backstories. Just look at this one. And again, I get my wish where Orange Town, I go, I really hope she gets characterization. And we just got like the best flashback sequence story yeah. that I've seen in like any shonen at this point, I think. I know it's a big <laughs> I'm thing so to glad say. we finally got here, man. It was, it was so hard to hold my tongue every time you were like, man, I hope Nami gets something. Yeah, I was I was thinking that too, going like this motherfucker was it's like it's like keenly going, <laughs> we'll see, man, we'll see. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just like, I appreciate you not telling me directly, but dude, okay, we're not even done. We're not even done. Okay, we're not even done. The climax is still happening, by the way. The emotional okay, then we climax get the big, is still big going. bomb drop back to the present. Nezumi. Back to the right? present. He arrives at no- Nojiko and Nami's house, goes up to Nami and's like, oh, hey, I heard that you're someone that steals from pirates. Yeah, you're cool. I'm yeah. not here to arrest you, but I am here to take all your money. Yeah, we hear that you're a thief. You're appropriating from, I don't care if it's from pirates, you're stealing treasure regardless. As a Navy officer, I have to appropriate this and take it back. And that, that was such a was, big oh fuck moment for me. Like, yeah. So this moment, Justin, to answer your question, when did he yeah. top that C word list? I immediately knew. <laughs> yeah. Arlong is keeping his promise on a technicality because oh, I'll make sure you get your hundred thousand hundred million berries. I won't interrupt, but I might accidentally leak a fact that you might have gotten all that treasure. Right, he didn't even say he wouldn't interrupt. He just said, like, as long as you pay me, I'll sell you the village. I always keep my word. Fucking Arlong. Yeah. Hashtag fuck Arlong. Fucking, fucking cunt. Um, and this is right after, too, we get that amazing panel. Like, it's actually a really great panel with Nami, where we return back after the flashback, which is still sitting at the table. She's resting on her elbows. She, well, she's on her elbows on a table. She's resting in her hands. But you see her smiling, and she's still looking at the map, going, just a little bit more to go. And all this would be worth it. As if she was thinking of that story alongside when Nojago was telling it to the Straw Hats. Like she was right. remembering that and going, just a few more Bellamere and I can free us. I can free the village and all this will not be for nothing. And then, yeah, Nezumi uh, shows up and the fucking Weasel that he is. Fucking yeah, they start like shit. they start searching everywhere. They're fucking up the tangerine orchard, looking for it. Nami tries to fight back. She takes out a couple of the marine grunts, but you know, naturally, not enough. She can't take on the whole platoon or squad or whatever you want to call it. Then mm-hmm. they do find her treasure. R.I.P. The dream. <sighs> and then, but also, she points it together right away. I don't remember. Does Nesmi tell? He he doesn't tell her directly, right? That yeah, are so long. They're me. looking for the money, right? And they're like, "Oh, we can't find it." And he's like, "Damn, keep looking. It's not a small amount. It's almost a hundred million." And right, Gen- okay. Genzo, and when... who brought him there, is like, "How did you know the exact amount?" And Nami, yeah, then being Na- smart, yeah. also picked up on it. And then Nami actually uh, ranks rank almost goes to you know Don- John DiMaggio as Arlong just lounging in his chair, Hawaiian shirt, going, "What's wrong, Nami? You look upset." And then obviously she's like going. Like, what the fuck is going on? My money is being apprehended right now. And he actually has to be aggressive because, you know, she's getting aggressive. And he has to, you know, establish discipline. And that's when, you know, he says what we established, which was, I, t- I am a man of my word. I am not stopping you. You just need to give me 100 million berries. But he does reveal 
but of course I need you to keep, I need to keep you as my navigator. You're so skilled at what you do. Of course, things are going to happen when you're getting close to that goal of leaving. So I might tell someone here and there, some of your little secrets, some of your little shenanigans. Right. And, and Nojiko got shot in that little kerfuffle that Nami and the Marines had. Right. And then, cause that's she did the sound shot. of that gunshot yeah. woke up Luffy. And before Nami leaves, he's just like, Hey, need me help. And she's like, no, get the hell out of here. And then she runs towards Arlon park. Right. Okay. Then she runs back to the village. The villagers see and hear, Oh, right. Genzo obviously reveals to Nami before she flees to Arlong that right. we knew you were trying to buy the village from us. So we went along with your act of the cold shoulder of you being heartless and cold to get out of your way. But we knew this was your end goal. We knew you were actually not this cruel person. So it's been yeah. killing us too on the inside to keep up this act, but we are too, and we are enduring. We are surviving. We are trusting you on this. And but they obviously didn't, they like, didn't want her to feel obligated to stay with. Yeah, exactly. Is what it was. Why they kept on getting they did, the Yeah, shoulder. they didn't, they didn't want to pressure her. They didn't want to start you know talking out loud during like their party nights or whatever taverns going, Oh, just a few more guys. Nami will save us. They don't, they didn't want to act like it was the end goal. Cause obviously, you know, they, they were helping as well to be like, okay, we don't want to give any dirt to the pirates, our long pirates. They eventually did, but indirectly. Um, right to make sure it's not our fault to make sure we're not doing any harm let nami do her plan genzo sees the navy uh doing some dirty corrupt shit which is choosing who to you know who to take from who what from who he at this point it's back eight years ago he's riling up the villagers again nami's yep. plan has failed arlong is being a suicide run basically yeah they he's being a <laughs> he's being a shit lord everyone arm yourself whoever you can we're going to finally get our uprising eight years in the waiting, tired of waiting, tired of surviving, just doing nothing and taking it like cattle. We're going to rise up. Nami returns in time. She's putting on the act again, going, guys, don't worry. I got this. Just wait a little longer. I'll take care of this. Genzo yeah, respectfully. I'm better at stealing now. It won't be as long. Like I can still. Yeah, I know it. what I'm doing now. I'm experienced. I totally this time I'll hide it better. Doing. I'll split it up. You know, but yeah, you'll get a good house. You'll get a car. You'll get a car. Everyone will get a car. Like, come on, just wait a minute. And Genzo goes, "We appreciate everything you've done, Nami, but the circumstances have changed. We have to act now. Like we can't take this anymore. And like for a." Village has been waiting eight years. They really had the patience if this was constantly on their minds. And Nami gets really desperate. Like, this is, like, obviously she's running back and forth to Arlong, confronting, you know, her boss that can snap her like a twig, most likely. And she's getting desperate. Like, she's, it's no longer, like, in control Nami that I think I've mentioned before, where she is in control yeah. all the time. She always has a plan. She's good at, um... She's good at like turning being creative in her favor. Like, yeah. Interpreting situations. Yeah. Everything on the fly. She's good at, uh, God, the, the actual word is on the tip of my tongue. Innovative. <laughs> improv. Renovate. Yeah. Improv. Thank you. She's good at improving on the spot. Um, and she gets very desperate though, at these last couple of pages where she actually draws a dagger on Genzo in the village going, I demand you guys to stay put. Don't go anywhere. Things will be fine. And Genzo like, like just grabs the dagger from the blade end. Mm -hmm. Like, cause uh -huh. you know, 
Yeah, I'm stitched up. He doesn't care. But he's, he's like, like, step Nami, aside, girl. We yeah, Nami, step aside. I'm sorry. We're tired. We're done. You had your shot. We gave you your shot. I'm sorry. And so Nami is again breaking because her friends, the villagers, are trying to help her and themselves. But she knows the fishmen are experienced, armed to the teeth, and, you know, just much tougher. They stand no chance against the fishmen. And she's mm-hmm. breaking down to this point. She's getting these horrible flash, like, you know, these hor- uh, this horrible moment, trauma. It hits me too. Of Ar- yeah, of Arlong just laughing maniacally of, like, just him being a piece of shit. And then it's, like, straight up, like, angst, emotional lows. That same dagger, she starts stabbing her shoulder in the tattoo. Like, Arlong, Arlong, Arlong. Just, like, yeah, angrily yelling, like, stabbing the shit out of her arm. Because that's, come, like, that's it, right? Metaphorically, she's done with it. She's not going to take it anymore either. Yeah, the, the jib is up. The act is up. I'm tired of pretending. Fuck everything about this. But at this point, she's lo- she's lost everything, according to her. She's turned away the straw hats. She's turned away the village. She's turned away Arlong at this point because they basically established at this point, you're basically our slave at this point. I will keep your right. promise if you can somehow get $100 million, but you can count on me trying to do everything I can outwardly around that deal to affect it. So she feels completely lost and alone, which was her plan, but now it's like truly alone and desperate. And so that's why she's just done at this point and then luffy shows up oh yes that's uh such a good panel too like she's still trying to stab her arm but he just catches it out of the air holding her actually stopping her from hurting herself and quite literally gets a helping hand but she's in that anger tantrum mode still where she goes i thought i told you to leave this place like trying to like shove like dirt behind her or sand without looking Luffy's just unaffected because you know it's just like no, not even close to him. But you know yeah, she's like, just yeah. You told me. <laughs> yeah, you told me. I I ignored it. And she's like you don't fucking like know anything. He's like, yep, I don't. Like, <laughs> and then like breaking down. And this was the most efficient emotional turn page I've read in a manga. Yeah, that that panel is ten out of ten. Eleven out of ten. Just emotional weight. You turn the panel, the page. Nami is looking back at Luffy. Tears are full with one word. Help. Just voice cracked. Like the, the scene is perfectly laid out in my head of like her. The voice is cracked. Her she's shaking in tears. Just Luffy is just he's being stubborn, obviously. But this is like the best time to be stubborn where yes. you're that. You are that friend to lean on, despite this person being angry, truly alone, distant. But he, you know, is a loyal straw hat to the crew. And she pleads help. And Finally, I, like, I love and it. Then, when, like, he takes his hat off and puts it on her head. You know, he, she, she he remembers off, like before he said, never, ever, ever touch my hat. But, you know, and now that, they're friends. The, yes, we've gotten to the point where. He, instead of her asking about the hat and him being defensive, don't touch the hat ever. He basically gives off the notion of, here, hold on to my treasure. Let me save yours. The Straw Hat Pirates are sitting. They're on the standby. Luffy goes, all right, you guys ready to go? Sanji's there. Zoro's there. Usopp's there. Uh, yeah. 
right. We're doing this. And we get the the great well, first first real quick. We did get we saw the villagers arrive at Arlong Park and Johnny mm-hmm. and Yosaku who earlier said like uh we can't fight Arlong. We're going to we're going to dip out of here. But they actually did not flee. They tried to fight Arlong themselves. And they're now blocking the entrance from the villagers. Like, hey, move aside. We're going to fight. And they're like, no, we're not going to move until the Straw Hats show up, basically, right? Until a certain crew shows up here. You get the feeling that behind the scenes of Nami dealing with Arlong in the village that maybe the Straw Hats were actually doing some pieces of moving of their own. So we get the, yeah, the, the brothers holding back the villagers from killing themselves. They wait for the Straw Hat Pirates to do their, uh, the great trope, by the way, I wish more shows to this, the Brotherhood Walk, where they have like the the, walk, man. I I always, (laughs) yeah, I always, I always think of the Band of Brothers cover, the HBO show, where you have like the whole line of the team, like in a single horizontal line approaching Mm -hmm. the danger ahead. I love that trope so much. And that's why I got like. Three when different it's done times. well, it's just massive, like, amounts of hype, you know? And I, yeah. for this part, I had to send Jacob the anime clip of it because I just freaking love that scene so much. The unfortunate thing is when you sent me the anime clip, I'm like, this is so wrong in every way. <laughs> it's so <laughs> slow-paced and not at yeah. all what I imagined in my head. I love the music, though. The music's uh, Yeah, the music's excellent. great. It just, again, it just dragged on for a bit too long. But that's old-school shonen. That's like Dragon Ball Naruto pacing, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. It's a time of... It's a part of its time um but we get another great moment where again arlong is yucking it up and <laughs> the yeah, straw like, hats oh, show up right weaklings are part of zoro's crew and like oh probably not they're probably too weak for you know someone of zoro's caliber and <laughs> yeah, then just they... out of nowhere the gate oh, to the what? park flies across in front of arlong <laughs> shrapnel everywhere and then you just see luffy there like with his fist still up it just asks, which one is Arlong? Yeah, which one of you motherfuckers is Arlong? So, and okay, in my head, I'm imagining moment. him. Ugh, yeah, in, in my head, in my head, he's doing this. The he's not doing a slow walk. He's doing the assertive quick walk towards when he oh, sees yeah. Arlong. And then the two henchmen try and stop him. He just immediately flungs him to the side at the same time because he sees his target. And then Arlong, I think he just goes, hey, what do you want? And this is the best punch in this series so far. Ducks him in the face. Agreed. Oh, so does I he, love this like character attacks, moment. I love it action wise. I love the hype buildup. Like for Luffy, we see like, like just the line itself. Like which one is Arlong is great. Like he doesn't know who Arlong is. He doesn't know what Arlong's done. All he knows is that like Nami asked for help, and Arlong is the obstacle that he has to overcome. Right? Like he mm-hmm. he will and is will willingly and happily take on the problems, I guess, or stress, like, of his crewmates as their captain, which, ah, what a fucking fantastic character moment for Luffy. It wasn't just one punch, right? Wasn't it, like, a whole array of attacks? It was starting off with a punch, and then it started with a Gatling gun, then... Right, because, like, he walks up first, and those two fishermen, like, walk in front of him, and they're like, hey, man, you better stop. And he just grabs both their heads and smashes them together without even stopping. I got Arlong time for this looks shit. Looks a little scared. <laughs> Arlong looks a little frightened there for a second, you know. Hello, and Arlong's baby. like trying to play it cool. He's like, "Oh, what business do you have with me?" But Luffy, no response, and then he just righteous punch to the face. And it wasn't. <laughs> and he, enough, I think he says like, "You made my navigator cry." <laughs> like, like that's mm-hmm. my business. <laughs> yeah, the way I saw it was like, yeah, even when you said that, he doesn't quite know exactly the full extent of what Arlong has done because he walked away from this backstory, but. 
for Luffy, it's the same amount of impact to us as we hearing it when he just sees this crew member is at their lowest point. They need help. So clearly, I don't know exactly what this person's done, but and they're going to die. <laughs> they're going to they're gonna get beaten up. They're, it's they're... like, um, remember we were talking about the tier list of like things you never fuck with. Even higher, I would say, than like John Wick's dog or the straw hat. Now we see is Luffy's crew, right? Yeah, absolutely. Number one, don't fuck with my crew. If you get the yeah, if you mess with the crew directly, like Arlong did in this case, you get a right hook. You get the gum gum Gatling gun. You get what were like like three other attacks he did, like like subsequently, like it was just one after the other attack after attack after yeah, attack. Yeah, because he just like he sends Arlong like literally flying across, like he bashes into the wall and then a bunch of other fishermen come rushing at him and they also have no chance that's when like Sanji and Zoro jump in and basically trash most of them as well easily and Sanji mm-hmm. has, I like this line there he's like come on man save a little for the rest of us because like yeah like, too you know he wants in on this yeah they're on the hype train they're on the, the murder boner train they're like come on please just we want to get on this too um at this point it's a series of collection of fights like this is the the, yeah, you know, so the like act, the action climax, and honestly, we rather than going like down. one by one, let's try and break it down like fight by fight. Yeah, so and that's gonna so tell me about kind of the blend first one is ha- the first one. Yeah, is Zoro versus uh, Hachi, the six yeah, armed so, swordsman. Yeah, so this is again, this is the weird but powerful guy that I mentioned in that shonen movie villain henchman trope. He's the crazy one. Why? He's an octopus. He can hold six swords. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Multiple swords Weird at once. He's that got the, it's not eight, the, but okay. <laughs> yeah, well, he's got to stand on two legs still. I guess two of them are yeah, his legs, right? I guess he's got to stand on two still. Yeah, to. yeah, he can't. But basically, what Oda is telling us is that this guy can beat General Grievous in a lightsaber fight, because uh, clearly more <laughs> the merrier. Um, he kind of does the Grievous thing too, where he just like he spins the swords around. You know, the same thing. That oh Grievous yeah, he did. does that multiple times. That yeah, he spins yeah, like a that's like, like a, a signature blade. move, I guess. And I'm just like, oh, okay. That's all. That's all that these guys can do with all their swords. Um, is is Grievous a One Piece reference? <laughs> <laughs> is this a One Piece? Yeah. Is that a One Piece? Uh, all right. So this is going on. Um, I do like the tension that is established pretty early on, where Luffy finds himself trapped under a rock. Right at some point. Like inside so, of a rock, because he, like, he sticks his feet into the ground because he was inspired by Ginzo's pinwheel. Right, and then uh, Arlong with a strength lifts up the entire earth and throws it into the water. He's aware right. that he's a, you know, everyone knows the legend of the gum gum, of the devil fruit users that can't swim. He throws them right. into the ocean, uh, leaves them to drown. While uh, Noshiko and Genzo are actually doing their best to try and give him air, at least, if they can't free him, they're trying to give him air, they're trying to hold his he- head up the water. Or try and, you know, give him uh, CPR underneath the water. Um, they're doing some crazy stuff. Meanwhile, Zoro and Sanji are trying to work together to be like, hey, can you get down there? Can you get down there? I'm dealing with this guy. I'm dealing with this guy. They're kind of interchanging with each other of like, yeah. okay, you go. No, wait, no, I can't. No, you go. No, I can't. Especially because Zoro, because he's still wounded from the last fight. He's right, but Zoro kind of, he makes the judgment call. He's like, okay, we're not going to be able to get down there. Plus, that's what they want, right? They want us in the water where they're They want stronger. us in the water. So yeah. we're going to beat him up here, and then we'll go save Luffy. We'll beat him so fast, he won't even drown. And Sanji's like, yeah. sounds good. Yeah, no pressure, though. We're still on time limit. No pressure. 
Um, I love the confidence like they both have too, though. You know, he's like, "We'll just beat him before he drowns, and we'll save him." And Sanji's like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah." It's 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 the fighter crew mentality where it's like, "Yeah, we got yeah. a plan to go. We got a goal to do." Um, again, I kind of wish Sanji had a better reason than his usual reasons, but whatever. It's working for now. We're in the hype mode right now. It doesn't matter. Um, he's dealing with the strong guy, right? The big, tough, big arms. He's got, he's like a black yeah, belt and whatever the fisherman form. karate user. Yeah. So they, they're doing some crazy moves on each other. Honestly, I kind of breeze through the action at this point. Cause it's like, okay. The, yeah. I, like the emotional highs. I guess done. like, like I said, so like fight by fight, the coolest thing from Zoro's moment to like his conviction, right? He's kind of struggling a little bit, but he's like, when he, we think he's down initially, cause he takes a hit. But he stands back up and he said, I made a promise that I won't die or lose until I meet someone again. So I'm not going to lose to your bitch ass, right? Yeah. And then he does Which, have the great moment where he uses uh, Johnny and Yosuke. Yeah. They like, because he says he has one sword and, you know, Hati's like, oh, I thought you were the, the three yeah, swordsmen. And, three and they sword toss guy. him their swords. Yeah. They yeah toss him that their was swords. super cool. They like throw the swords at him. He catches them both, like goes straight and do a move and just slices Hachan up. Oh, yeah. Um. Also, granted, right when you think the henchmen are down and out, they actually, they're not completely down and out. I'll give them credit for that. There's a moment where I think Hachan, you think, is down because he Zoro cuts him up, and then he actually gets back up for, like, a second wind for a yeah, brief they, second. Yeah, they're attention. also superhuman. Yeah, so I'm like, okay, so we're, they're not I mean, as not bad. Human, so, yeah. yeah, so I, I categorize them as the shonen villain archetype in the movies, but... They're showing a second win. They're actually showing some fight. They're actually showing some promise. I'm like, okay, you're a step up above them. Okay. You're not going to be like the, the guy who like, oh, I'm going to get one shot by Piccolo. Only for Piccolo to be one shot by the boss. Oh, right. man. In this case, it's like, no, they're actually putting up a fight. There's actually tension. It's like, okay, it's a race against time. Luffy is incapacitated. He might be drowning right now. We need to rescue him, but we got to take care of these sad guys first. But we're also... Oh, yeah, sorry, I don't want to get up ahead. So, sorry, yeah, so Sanji's was... fight, right? Because they're they're kind of struggling more than they expected to, like Zoro and Sanji are. Sanji's yeah. like, shit, this is taking too long. He jumps into the water anyway. He's like, screw it, I gotta go save Luffy. Yeah, and that and then puts that's... him at a disadvantage. Naturally. And obviously, yeah, falls for the trap, obviously. The fishman uh, fall, tails him. I think it's a Kusurubi. I forget the guy's name. Kurobi, yeah. Kurobi, yeah, Kurobi. Uh, follows him. I think he does like a horrible, like, big time move under the water. And I'm thinking, he should, Sanji should totally be dead from this. He's under the water at this point. <laughs> yeah, he like, because he rapidly descends, right? He like, he gets him in like a lock and he just dives hell, hella far down to like the bottom of the ocean. As far right, as Right, it right actually there. makes him Twice? like choke up oh, some no, air. No. And I'm like, ugh, that was brutal. Like, that was actually really gruesome. And I think he's going to do it a second time, right? Right, the but villain? Sanji like stops him by breathing air into his gills. Okay, I wasn't sh quite sure what happened with that, but like, yeah, okay, right. Yeah, because like, you, if you look, like he does have gills on his shoulders. Sanji yeah. kind of reasons it out. He's like, oh, fi they're fishmen; they use their gills only underwater, and if they breathe air through his gills, it'll it'll hurt. So he does that, gets free, manages yeah. to. And he also, while he's down there, he sees that Luffy is being helped already. So he's like, okay, cool, I can focus on this fight. Yeah, they have a they they have a bit. They've given us a bit more time. Um, we're not right, like in those two minutes are. But like stretches yeah. his neck out above water, which I was genius. thinking that I was thinking that too of why isn't he just extending his head? But they established that there's something about the devil fruit that when you're actually in water, you just you can't control your powers. 
Like you yeah, have, like you have he he is handicap. still made of rubber, but he just gets so like ridiculously weak that he couldn't like stretch himself out under there. He can't yeah, move, so basically. yeah, so uh, no, Nojiko or Genzo, I think Nojiko is holding their head up. So I'm thinking like Nojiko, they're yeah. literally, they're, yeah, they're not they're not only just holding their head up, they're making sure the head doesn't like you know zip back down because obviously it's stretching the neck, it's stretching the head. Right. So they don't want to like slingshot it back. Got some force <laughs> against her, like from his head. <laughs> yeah. I kind of wish they established that a bit more because it looked like it, they didn't seem to be quite struggling to hold it back, but it's because instead it was more like, okay, focus on the human who's underwater trying to give him CPR rather than the, also on the human above water trying to keep their head in place, trying to prevent them from snapping back. But we got that Yeah, going so basically, on. like long story short, back on, uh, on the dry land, Sanji destroys Kurobi. <laughs> yeah, eventually, yeah. Yeah, they, they fight, you know, Kirby puts up a valiant effort. He's not a weakling, but he ain't no Sanji, you know? Yeah, the, the, strong, the strong kicker going against the strong puncher, the strong karate guy. And now the it's one out- I know you want to find out, outside of Arlong Park, we cut away to Usopp. Yeah, yeah that was, I was trying to get to that part. <laughs> now we're here, let's the, go. Give me what you all right, because the, the one fight that I, that I was really impressed by, because as I mentioned in the second arc, I really love fights that are creative where the person in question is clearly outpowered, outmaneuvered something, right? So they're right. forced to take drastic measures or be very resourceful or creative with their surroundings to put up a fight. And this is Usopp. Like, this is the person I said was, like, the potential to be the most interesting character. Now, obviously... <laughs> yeah. I, I still believe it. I still believe it. Shut up. Oh, my God. Uh, shut up. <laughs> hey, listen. All he needs is the hammer. <laughs> Hey, if Usopp gets the hammer on Sanji's Usopp kneecaps hammer. when he's not looking, right away, oh boom, Usopp jumps in fighting efficiency. Uh, okay, seriously, do you actually think that would damage Sanji, like, at all? Seeing no. the punch he from <laughs> Yeah, no, like, I don't. I don't think he could break his kneecaps. Hey, I will stay, I will fight on this hill, okay? Usopp It's like, yeah, it does, like, it follows the common, like, shonen trope of, like, the stronger you are, just in general, the less damage you, or the more damage you can take, also, right? Like, yeah, I've seen, yeah, I've definitely seen that. Which, it's fine, like that's just how it works, you know, I'm cool with it. But. Yeah, but at least it's consistent now that you bring that up, because Usopp doesn't, can't quite take a direct hit the same way Zoro and Sanji can. Exactly, can yeah, if he got that hit from Kurobi, he would have been out for the rest of the arc, like, definitely. Yeah. They showed that, uh, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, they established earlier that when uh, Zoro and Sanji kicked at the same time or fought at the same time and Usopp just ran comedically between them, he was knocked out cold for a while. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then in this case, he uh, at the very beginning, because he was with the Straw Hats in the park, but then he tries to he supports Zoro from away because he's doing, you know, long range support with a slingshot. Yeah, he's, he's the sniper, man. That's what he does. He's doing the thing that Nami told him not to do in the third arc because it draws aggro, but it he does in this case. This time. But, <laughs> but either way, it's like, well, it's a different scenario because there's more pirates. But either way, either way, yeah. he then flees. He does his usual Usopp thing. He flees to the beach, the forest. Um, He flees. Uh, The guy who's chasing him is Chu. He's the, the pretty but strong one. The stereotype yeah that. his his naming doesn't really translate that well because like in japanese like an onomatopoeia chu it's like the mm-hmm. like a smooch so i felt like his name should have been translated as smooch because it's like uh, okay. you know like the sound I, 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 yeah i was thinking of 
with Chew, I was thinking of like the exhaust port of the top of a train, like choo choo, when he's shooting out those <laughs> yeah, spitballs. But it doesn't get, make but... sense because obviously, because trains are shooting out, you know, smoke and they're not shooting yeah, out. Yeah, I get like, that. It, water it is like it's a tricky thing when you're changing names, you know? Oh, absolutely. It, it, I felt like, yeah, I felt like Smooch was <laughs> more on on uh, brand, you know? Because he's, like, yeah. he's like kissing something fishman. And he's supposed it, yeah, to like, it would have been sounds yeah, time. yeah it would have been it would have been on par with uh Oda's naming style because again with we remember uh pepper and uh onion and right. carrot and it's like yeah characters will have literal names that's fine but I guess you either you go the four kids route and name a character Joy Wheeler because fuck it or you <laughs> yeah. or yeah or you just try and you're like all right I'll just I guess smooch is too much how about maybe smooch was offensive. I don't know. Early two thousands, late nineties, eighties. Yeah. Either way, time. I just I just figured you you know it's a little trivia that it's his name is a kiss sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the key thing that was great was again Usopp is getting creative. He throws a bottle of sake or whiskey at um at Chu, and I'll admit it was a little longer than it should have because I thought at this point was oh he's totally gonna hit him with an exploding star catch on fire burn him but instead it's more like just a regular shot so he douses him at first and then runs again i don't know why that was delayed a bit but i guess he just wanted to make sure he was soaked first before doing yeah because sure. there was even a point that like he he faked being defeated right when he gets yeah. some hits because he's because she would leave him alone but he he got a really strong moment he remembers nami and he's like man everyone else is back there fighting for nami's sake i gotta do the same I gotta try, yeah. He does, like, the big baller thing. He realizes he's coated in the alcohol. He eventually fires the fire star, or the exploding Great. star. The Chew is trying to flee to the ocean to cool back down, douse the fire. Uh, I think this is when Usopp cuts him off, and then you see the Usopp yep. hammer. <laughs> he's, like, running for the water, and you see Usopp, like, in the air, like, Usopp, hammer, And That's just like, starts I... whacking him over and over. Like, yeah, Usopp, Usopp, Usopp hammer, Usopp, Usopp hammer. hammer. He's, like, he's, like, it. it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, he's a Pokemon at this point going, hammer, 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 yeah. <laughs> over and over again. So it was like but, a little comedic break from uh, yeah, the big and action honestly, and stuff. And honestly, of all the fights, I honestly think this was the best fight. Not not joking, no bias here, because honestly, it was the most creative and we Even had the most better characterization than Luffy from versus Arlong? Yeah. I got, I actually, we're going to get there. I have a little slight problem with that fight, but we'll get there. Um, Usopp declares, I did it. I am, you know, obviously I can tell from that art style when Usopp is like always declaring like, oh my God, I did it. And he's sweating. I like to imagine, like, his heart rate is above the red line. It's above 200 beats, and it's like, I did it. I did it. Oh, <laughs> just, like, breathing horribly, yeah. like, panicked. But, dude, he did it. I'm just glad Usopp's doing it. And maybe next time, when he's bluffing, he'll say 800 men. Maybe he'll fool someone at some point. Who knows? <laughs> right. We'll get there. We'll get there. Okay, Usopp so is... then, back in Olong Park. So, yes, eventually, Luffy gets free, right? We get, to, we get round one. Luffy opened up with an amazing haymaker of abilities. And that was a great hype yeah. moment, especially that, that single punch, the best punch in the series so far. Um, Luffy eventually gets free and we get round two where Arlong and Luffy are fighting. Um, I'm jumping around here, obviously, so feel free to cut back in and take some pointers in. Um, uh, well, I guess like the the funniest part, or I guess for me, like, funnest 
part of Luffy and Arlong yeah. in that part one before they go inside the building was when like he when Arlong kept on bragging about how sharp his teeth were because he's like a sawtooth shark fish man. So Luffy just pulls him out and puts him in his mouth like now I have him too. Oh, okay, yeah, that was <laughs> I like that. Like, like, yeah, okay. you think you're so fucking cool? Now they're my teeth. Like, yeah, like you think you're so cool? <laughs> I got them too. And then we have like this weird brawl where like Luffy's got like a, uh, he's got his teeth in his mouth, and then Arlong is like, dude, that's baby shit. Here, you you put the, the teeth on your knuckles like this, Luffy, right? Brass knucks, right? Teeth out, and then I got my teeth back, and then I attack you with three sets of teeth. And then he basically yeah, because his teeth them. just instantly grow back. So <laughs> yeah, so and that was that's a great moment. Um, absolutely, it's, it's nice to get like the little because Luffy is just always so on character and consistent, and it's nice during the tensest moments to get like little break of hilarity. You know? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, especially in this moment where that moment of comic relief actually turned out to be, oh shit, you gave the villain an idea. Or you're reminding yeah. him of an advantage where it's like, right, let me just use all these teeth I have. Um, not to mention he tries to actually use his nose to pierce and he does it like once or twice. And they establish too where it's like if Arlong gets a grapple on Luffy at any point, he can go for the death blow and just bite Luffy's head off through his neck. Like right. if he gets a good grip on it. So there's tension there where he has to try and avoid that. And Luffy's doing a good job. It's still not, I think the reason why, uh, Okay, wait, I'm going to go ahead again. They established uh, a couple of times that fishmen are 10 times stronger than humans, right? They, they build them up to yeah, be super naturally. strong. Like, um, there's a moment where Zoro and Sanji have basically beaten the two other henchmen. But then, like, off screen, they're beaten by Arlong in one attack. So it's like, oh, they're hyping this guy up. Because Luffy hasn't gotten quite free at this point. Right. Yeah. Like, I guess I would, the way I interpreted it as since Zoro was like, his wound was already reopening and he was kind of oh, down yeah. after his fight. That That's one makes I sense. Zoro and too. Sanji's just flat out not as strong as Luffy. You know? Yeah. Like, Sanji, well, Sanji's, Sanji's still recovering because he got the, he was dealing with his the water. crushed. Or, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they're both wounded. They're both out of air. Yeah. Um, they already used their second wind against the henchmen. So I was fine with that, but they were still hyping up Arlong to be, okay, this guy is. Sorry, this guy is no joke. This guy is, again, the reminder, he used to be the probably equal to like one the of the strongest seven person warlords. in the East Blue, right? Which is kind of yeah. like the whole physically point. the strongest. Like this yeah. is like the grand line level of shit you're going to experience, you know, and it just so yeah. happens to be here in the East Blue. And at one point, Luffy angers or gets to Arlong's nerves enough where he goes basically into instinct mode where uh berserk mode i guess they call it. i forget what they called exactly right. which but... we kind of saw a little teaser of that earlier right when he started flipping out in the village yeah and the henchmen are holding him back yeah so at this point i'm thinking okay now we're gonna see him completely unnerved we're gonna see him like tossing buildings like shit's gonna go flying instead we see him jumping out of the water at high speed like a torpedo which is cool but again they hyped it when last time when he was just showing an example to the village of flipping the houses going look how strong i am Instead, he's just zooming out of the water. I'm going to get a little bite at Luffy here. Okay, jump back in the water. Torpedo out again and go back. Yeah. And torpedo. So at this point, I'm like, oh, that's a little not what I expected. It's a little not. It's, I guess, a little bit my fault. But again, when they established early on that these guys can flip houses easily, I thought maybe we we're going to get some, like, literally, like, a moment where Orlong's going to be thrown debris into berserk mode, right? Or, like, again, mm -hmm. berserk implying he has no control. 
So I would assume that, okay, he's going to be just ruining his own house by tossing debris at Luffy. Just complete anger, right? Pissing off this fish man. Hell no, this human's not going to bite me. Um, eventually, they get to um, kind of a very last-minute detail to Nami's backstory, where I thought it already ended perfectly. And this is where another complaint I have. The attack, the, the, the workroom full of maps right. that she was forced to make for Arlong. And they show like that panel where she's a little girl being forced to do the charts. And Arlong is like forcing her to write the charts being menacing and mean. And I'm thinking this is kind of last minute though. Cause we're like at the end of this physical fight, we just had the emotional climax to me. Anyway, the story emotional climax a couple chapters ago. And now right. we're kind of recycling that last minute here. And again, we're doing this and Nami's on the side. She's still watching the hat. She's keeping care of the hat. Very important job. But she's off to the side, just watching this whole thing. And I think that this would have been a much more powerful moment if Nami was somehow here too. Where we see Arlong and Luffy fight decking it out. And because Luffy does understand, like, oh, this is must have been where she's doing all the work, where she's forced yeah. to help you out. But I think it would have been more powerful if he realized that and Nami was there too. Because Again, like I feel like this arc is completely about Nami, and she, at the she end, saw it from outside. You know, she saw like all yeah, the she, furniture yeah, but yeah, but, now, out. <laughs> but then we have the trope of like, oh, we got the side character watching it from the sidelines, and I'm not really quite a fan of that. I don't really like it when important characters, especially like Straw Hat members, especially the main character of this arc, kind of watching it from the side. So I'm like wondering, like, oh, I wish, I don't know what, but I kind of wish she was doing this a little bit more at this point. She does at the end, but again, at this point, because I feel I like mean, it would have been considered complete... like Nami's a, a regular human and she did just repeatedly stab herself in the arm. Right. That's why I'm saying she got some I don't blood know loss how, going but... on. She stabbed herself right. in the hand too, probably the, the same day, like right, an hour right, before, right, right. you know? Yeah. That's why I'm saying I don't know how. I admit that part, but I feel like to end this yeah, poetically in a perfect, like 10 out of 10 complete perfection. Because I'm still giving this arc a 10 out of 10. Like, we weren't bushing around the bush here. It's still 10 out of 10. But I can still make some complaints here and there. I can just be like, I feel like Nami should have been a bit more involved with that final fight somehow. I don't know how. I had a whole week to think about this because I read this arc immediately after recording last episode. so, given the perspective that the arc is about her learning about friends and trusting her friends, does that affect anything? Yeah, and I get that too. Because I, um, and I get that too. Because eventually... When Luffy does realize it, and after, you know, Arlong makes a horrible villain monologue trope that gives Luffy enough time to retaliate because he had that saw blade um, at his neck, and then he just didn't do it enough. <laughs> Not fast enough. Yeah. Uh, Luffy does this crazy ultimate attack that levels the entire building, which is a great emotional end because, you know, Nami basically quietly thanks Luffy personally, uh, right. quietly. When the building is toppled, like basically all her nightmares and oppression of the village and everything of her life is being destroyed. But because we had chapter after chapter of focus on the other straw hats and then she's just a spectator off to the side. It didn't quite hit me as hard when, again, we are praising that previous emotional arc because everything was interwoven so perfectly at a perfect pace that everything hit you so hard. But when Arlong Tower, the Arlong Park Tower was collapsing, I didn't really quite feel that hurrah, finally, yes, fuck yeah moment. I felt like it was a bit lacking. Does that make sense? Am I being too nitpicky here? Sorry, fans of I, I, I get you. 
I don't agree, right. but I hear you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love I do like, say all the villagers are like stoked and they you know, like it's freedom, like the symbol of Arlong Park, like the building itself finally destroyed, yeah. like their horizon clear, their island free. I loved it. Yeah, I get you on that. Uh I will say the fantastic moment was when Luffy got a grip on Arlong's fucking nose and broke it oh, and snapped yeah, it. Yeah, that was that great. was a great because that's a, that was a very symbolic uh, punishment as well to Arlong, where it's like, this is your pride of what makes you, you, you. Like, this is your iconic nose. This is what makes you a fisherman. Yeah. Makes people not question you. I kind of Just interpreted like, it like he was, he was trying to do that with the teeth, too. You're like, oh, you're so fucking proud of your teeth. And so he rips them yeah. out. But they grow back. So he's like, okay, how else can I freaking ruin you? <laughs> yeah. Like, ah, because there it is. They also, the they established, so, yeah, they established, too, that his nose was actually a very efficient tool for fighting because I remember... I think it was Zoro. He tried swinging a sword and then his nose was enough to just stop it like a sword blade. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yeah, you need more than that. And then Luffy would grab the nose, like the whole nose and then snapped it at the middle. Like it was a broken nose or like a broken bone. And that was like, that's really great. But uh, yeah, when the building is destroyed and collapsed, Arlong is defeated at that point. And, and I think that was that Luffy's first gum gum stamp when he like throws his foot up in the air and like brings it down. Right, he does like the giant. Um, God, I I feel like that's I feel like that's a that's a trope move where you know you you have like the one giant kick that's like a stomp that shakes the entire earth. He does yeah. that, but you know gum gum version, so it's high up in the air. Arlong freaking out, going, "Oh my god, is he gonna do that?" And then destroys the building and everything down that. Yeah, um, I liked how he like it hit Arlong and like sends him down, crashing through every floor. Yeah, through ground. every layer, every floor. Uh, toppling, toppling down a, his empire. Good final that hit. Point. Yeah, so it is a great fight. I'm being a little extra critical uh, because I love this arc so much. Uh, on a personal note, the way I enjoy things, I get extra critical. That's just how I do it. So if I have minor complaints of like, maybe this could have been better somehow if Nami was there somehow directly, it's because I just wanted everything else to be a 10 out of 10. Because that emotional backstory and conclusion with Nami was so perfect. I just wanted everything after that to be perfect as well in my eyes. So I can have vindication and like scream from the top of the hilltops going, this is the best arc, period. Shut the hell up. You're wrong. <laughs> in this case. <laughs> you're, you're entitled to your nitpicks. Yeah, right now. yeah. And I know I'll, I'll get some hate for that. I agree. But Usopp had the best fight. I'm sorry. But. Luffy and Arlong is a good second place. Like it was the big obvious fight of the arc. I'll give them the good second place. For me, I would I would actually probably say Zoro just because I really like the character notes thrown in there. Even though it's like right. it was just a callback to last arc, I would say Zoro or Usopp because I really like Usopp too. Yeah, uh, I think I didn't like Zoro's as much just because it's the sh- it's in the shadow of Hawkeye's, where the Hawkeye yeah, so recently, fight was the last right, arc. So yeah. I'm like. He has a lot to live up to, and he's going up against Discount General Grievous, the octopus. I'm like, okay, he's a funny guy, but, you know, it's a henchman. Or he, is he was General a, Grievous he was a Discount Hachi? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Grievous looks intimidating. Hachin? Is it Hachin or yeah, Hachin? Yeah, he, he looks dumb. I th- okay, I keep on saying Hachin. I think his full name is Hachan, but his nickname is Hachi. Oh, Hachi. Just, Hachi. He's, a yeah. funny, he's a funny dude. Nothing's wrong with him, but... Like, of all, like, the goons, he was, like, he was the funny one, and Sorrel fights him, so I'm like, ah, you know, I guess. Um, But, yeah, ultimately, it concludes, the villagers are free, except fucking Nezumi shows up and goes, hey, look, all the loot, we can grab it now in the name of the Navy. What a douche. (laughs) 
However, with my complaints going with Arlong not getting that emotional tie-in that I kind of wanted, and with that room thrown in there, kind of felt a little rushed. I, however, get this moment instead. Nami gives back the straw hat to Luffy, going, here you go. I got one thing to take care of. Gets out her staff, whales Nezumi straight in the head, going, get the fuck out of here. And then, yeah. and then he's just chased off and cries away to his buddies in the Navy, going, I can't get what I want. And I'm just like, Okay, I didn't get what I wanted with Nami and Arlong in that conclusion, but I definitely got Nami and the Nezumi conclusion I wanted. I'll take that. It's a compromise. I'll take it. Right. Then we get yeah, the big party that they throw for the Straw Hats. Oh, right? they yeah. Party for like two days or something or a day, a full day. Blah, blah, yeah, blah. The villagers and, are finally yeah. free. Coco Village is finally free. So in that last little section, is there anything you want to discuss? Uh, like the Nami when they finally set sail. I, I feel like Nami doing what she did to where basically when she she tells the Straw Hats to to start sailing and take off, she'll jump on board at a certain point. So I'm like, okay, is this like is this the moment where Nezumi? Uh, sorry, Nezumi. Uh, when Nami just didn't want to have an emotional goodbye because the village is free now, the people are able to be happy, but she mm. also still wants to navigate. She still wants to explore the world. She wants to be with the Straw Hats especially after what they just did. So again, going back to how it wasn't quite the Nami conclusion I wanted to that Arlong Luffy fight, but it's what you said where it's Luffy and the straw hats proving to Nami. She means everything to them. They, she is an equal. They will do everything to fight for her. And likewise, right? Like they got each other's backs. Right. right. So I get that perspective. I'm just looking for a, a poetic ending there, but either way, um, she runs onto the ship, the merry-go, and <laughs> everyone's like, what the hell? She's like singing by, like, what the heck? She's like running right past us. And then it's revealed. She's like, she's somehow the this, this, didn't you call her a basic human yeah. earlier? This normal strength human. She steals yeah, everything human. from them <laughs> and then just empties her pockets, like, like ruffles her shirt. All these wallets and treasures. Yeah. I was like, she just stole from us. What the hell? And I'm just like, is this her way of establishing a disconnect again so that they weren't, that she wouldn't feel as like guilty that she was leaving or a sex? She's like, oh, I'm a criminal. They don't want me here. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> is that I, her yeah, own I personal think, like, trauma? That kind of sol therapy? solidifies what you were like questioning earlier about whether or not like her whole money thing was all completely a facade. And I would say, I think we, we can definitely say that it wasn't seeing her backstory and like she was going to have to leave Bellamore, Be Be Bellamere essentially yeah. because the way Nami interpreted it was because they were poor and just her whole life hardships kind of all revolving around money. So she definitely yeah. still has that desire to not be broke. Yeah. I'm just curious. Cause, cause obviously she's doing it from her own village at this time. Originally she was stealing money to help the village. And now she's like, and now it's like, why is she stealing money from the actual village? And I think it's just because she doesn't want that. Can, that deep connection so she doesn't feel as yeah. guilty for leaving them to you know live on their own to yeah i think so too so to add to that in a comedic way obviously her, like in, a, in that adventurous way where it's like oh that thief she stole from us again and she gives that tongue out going whatever see you later folks bye um so it's not that completely emotional farewell because we already had the a very emotional scene so i kind of get that approach so i approve of that 
But the main thing that was like a very last minute addition that I thought was like uh, the final conclusion to the arc, which I thought was a very heartwarming way to end it, was, hey, what happened to the propeller in your hat, Genzo? They have a quick flashback of just showing right. when Bellamere, best mom, brought the kids to the village the first time that, you know, the daughters are crying, the babies are crying. Oh, why is Nami laughing? Oh, she likes that propeller you got there. So the whole time Genzo kept that propeller in his hat as a, yeah. as a, as like, oh, until Nami is happy and free and grown and fulfilled, I will wear this hat to help keep her smiling and laughing. We cut to the grave of Bellamere. The propeller is no longer on Genzo's hat. It is on the grave. Mission's done. Rest in peace, Bellamere. Such yeah, yes. a great arc. Goddamn. And it was such a huge coincidence that we finished this the day before Bellamere's birthday. Like the arc. Yeah, like, I, I saw that tag. I think you uh, tweeted it or liked yeah, it. Where it was like, happy birthday to Bellamere. <laughs> and I'm just like, damn, that was a right coincidence. Yeah, it was but, like last Wednesday or something like that. Her birthday was. Rest in peace, yeah. best mom. Best mom. Okay, I have a few concerns. Okay, what's up? We, we just got arguably the best arc by far. In my opinion, by, by far. Yeah, I, so I far. Agree, yeah. We also got the highest character moment for Nami so far. Like, without a doubt. Like, of all the characters, Nami's had her best moment so far. My concern, and this is a shonen issue, not quite a One Piece issue, maybe, but this is a shonen issue. If a character has an amazing arc, or like, you know, just at least an arc to them, right? And it's a <laughs> big moment. Are they going to be sidelined? A little bit. That's my concern going forward because this was such an emotional, powerful moment for Nami. And you mentioned it yourself. She's not super powerful, crazy. So, like in the fights going ahead, she might not be able to do much. So, I'm concerned right. going forward. Nami is going to be a bit sidelined at this point. And my favorite, second favorite, or now favorite character got her a moment finally. And I'm still happy about that. But I'm a little concerned going forward, it's going to be declining where now it's like she, they're going to pull an Ida from one my hero, right? Where we love Ida, but he hasn't done anything since the Stain arc, really. Or right. what's, I don't want to spoil it for anime-only watchers, but like a little moment that happens later on. But he hasn't done quite that much, but we love Ida. So I'm worried that Nami might be the next Ida. Um, that's my concern. To, to answer? No, no, sorry. <laughs> this is me being hypothetical. Sorry. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> Uh, Nami being uh, outshone a little bit. Um, I mentioned it earlier. I'm worried that this the the trope the the character trait that Sanji has is not quite a character flaw to be explored in the future. I'm worried that this is just going to be a running gag because he has like the funny comedic faces whenever he's simping over any woman he sees, especially mm -hmm. Nami. So I'm oh, I'm concerned about that because I'm not quite a fan of that because I don't never heard of anyone going. Hey, my favorite character in my hero is Mineta. My favorite character, like you know, you know what I mean. Like no one, no one really likes that pervy trope, but it's kind of for laughs and giggles. But if it's one of the main characters, I hope it's not too much. Like he was simping so much more than Brock ever did in Pokemon, right? Like it was just so yeah. much. Um, that is a concern. Um, but honestly, I think those are my two main concerns. Like basically, character ones. Uh, yeah. I, uh, Nami declining over time and Sanji just 
being stale. Because as of right now, did you want to know my uh, Straw Hat rankings by now? Yes, now that we're at the end, give me your new updated Straw Hat tier list. Okay, so number one is Nami without a doubt. She just had the best arc. She had (laughs) the best backstory. She had a great uh, moment at the end when she just knocked out or gave a good clocking to Nezumi. And she showed that she was so capable and a brilliant tactician all throughout and overall very skilled jack-of-all-trades character. Mm-hmm. Um, and a very complex personality that I'm very glad because Arc 3 happened. I was worried that she was a two-note klepto character or a greedy character. Absolutely not. I'm so happy about that. Top one, Nami without a doubt. Number two, Usopp. Usopp had his great uh, moment in this uh, arc nice, showing that nice. he's capable as a fighter. And he's hilarious as well. So it's not just... He is not just a comic relief character. He's not just a sniper in the back. He is actually a resourceful, entertaining fighter. He had the best fight in this arc, in my opinion. I think you disagree, but... Um, yeah, a little bit. But again, I have a thing for that. That's why I still think Orangetown had the best fight with Luffy so far. Because it showed Luffy and Buggy like like gauging each other's powers. And going, okay, so what can you do? Okay, what can you do? Okay, that's what I kind of like about that. Um... Number three is, I think, a tie between Luffy and Zoro. Both are great characters. Zoro still running high. Like, again, this is a high number three. Like one, two, right. like one is the only gap, right? One yeah. and the gap to two. That's the huge gap right now because Nami just had like the best story for sure. Number two is Usopp. And then we have a small gap, very tiny, like a tiny step for the tied third place of Luffy and Zoro. Uh, and I want to say not a tiny step, but like uh, uh, kind of a gap. And you got Sanji at fifth. So fair, fair, fair. I wonder if that'll change. Like maybe we'll get, uh, wait, we still need five people on the ship. <laughs> I just realized we still need five people, crew members. So why, why five? Well, because they mentioned at the beginning, right? Luffy said he wanted 10 people on the ship. Oh, okay, yeah, going by that, then, yeah. That's, that's, what, I, that's what I'm remembering, because I'm, I'm guessing, because, again, Oda yeah, loves to... Yeah, he said 10 members. He will state exactly what's going to happen at the beginning of the arc. So when Luffy said that at the at the end of the first prologue, I'm thinking, like, okay, no, that's the goal for the entire series, is 10, <laughs> 10 crew members. Um, I'm thinking the next might be a musician, because Luffy is okay. so adamant. They need a musician. <laughs> yeah. Luffy just wants to dance and listen to some tunes. But arguably, sailing, that's like man. the least important spot he needs filled. <laughs> yeah, but because he's so Most adamant, I think that actually might be, be a shipwright and a doctor. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Surgeon, they mentioned at some point, um, although that was the previous arc. So I don't know if that's emphasized. Um, musician, I still think is the next one because Luffy's been joking about it like two arcs in a row now. Right. Um, nothing he at really all in this arc, musician. though. So I could be completely wrong, but I think musicians next. That's my okay. prediction. Getting back to the so, recruiting. Uh, yeah. So where can people find you, Jacob? Oh, they can find me at Twitter at Jacob Miranda. I'm actually kind of mixed up with my accounts right now. <laughs> yeah, um, that's your main. Oh, shoot. Uh, because I have, unfortunately, I have a mixture of accounts. Why don't you plug in you right now while I look up myself and make sure I got the right names? Yeah, well, you can find me also mainly on Twitter at Jitsu. That's a J-I-T-S-Z-U at Jitsu on Twitter and on YouTube if you want. I do videos sometimes, but it has been quite a while and I'm going to probably make some new ones soon. So that should be fun. Probably One Piece one since I'm so into One Piece right now. 
I wonder why. Um, yeah, okay. Right. On Twitter, on you mind. can find me at Jacob Miranda, all lowercase, all one word. Um, I'm also a co-host on the important things in life podcast. Uh, any questions about that podcast or on this one, let me know of your opinions. Tell me why I'm super wrong about the R long conclusion being a tiny bit anticlimactic. Feel free. And don't spoil path fat, please. I, I'm <laughs> open. I'm, <laughs> I'm open to interpretations. I was just thinking just a bit more Nami in there, but what we got was still a 10 out of 10. You can find me on Instagram at LumberjackJack, also on one word, all lowercase. Um, yeah, feel free to message me any opinions, what you thought while you're listening to us. Discuss best story. Oh, since while we're throwing in conclusion, uh, worries, concerns, what if the next arc is just boring? Like, not bad. Just what if it's boring? <laughs> We yes, just had that like, would be rough. What what if the next arc is like Captain Kiro returns and he's more <laughs> boring than before? Yeah. <laughs> well, what if I, I don't know? <laughs> which brings us to the chapters we're going to be reading next week, which is mm-hmm. hopefully well will definitely actually be a shorter episode than this two and a half hour monstrosity. So far we have not broken our record of getting longer every week, but next week I think we will, because we have two back-to-back short arcs, five chapters okay. each. So we're going to be reading chapters 96 to 105. And that's going to be the Logetown arc and the Whiskey... No, Reverse Mountain arc. Yeah. Something tells Logetown me they're not going to recruit a... Mountain. Something tells me they're not going to recruit a member in these t- short two arcs. Hmm, I now that why. I know that. <laughs> but... <laughs> Maybe. You could be wrong. It could. Uh, I'm guessing it's a cool down because of that emotional high. These might be what fans, since you told me that they're five chapters each, it sounds like they sound like quote unquote filler arcs. Just skip them. Like, no, these sound like they could be good world building arcs. Cause after we just We're find hit out our the, first milestone. Yeah. After, after we just find out, after we found out the Navy is kind of corrupt, maybe we can do some world building to like, hey, how about we get some more? How does the world world work exactly? What's going on with Buggy? What's going on? Oh, what's going on with uh, Captain Morgan? We all forgot to bring him up in the pre chapters. Right, we did. Yeah, it's fine, though. It's just more. That's fine. <laughs> oh, long story Morgan. short, pre-chapters, it shows back to um, the kid from the beginning with uh, the son of Arthur, and there's like a prisoner exchange going on or whatever, and then Arlong, uh, sorry, not Arlong, uh, Arthur breaks free, and we don't know what's going on, because at this point, it's like the midway point where he just breaks it free, so we'll see how that goes. I want to see right, so again, again next week, chapters 96 to 105. And on that short episode, maybe we can like do a little ranking list. Well, it's kind of unnecessary almost. Maybe I'll think of something fun to add in there. We'll see. Listen, if the next episode's too short, I am fully fine dedicating an extra half hour, hour padding to tell the audience here why Bellamere is best girl. Okay. <laughs> if I'm going to jump yeah. into these waifu wars, I'm defending Bellamere. At this she's point, definitely best mom, and she's she's pretty high up there on best girl list. I'm not gonna lie. Hey, if we're like if people are uh, you know simping over Nami, remember who raised her? Okay, where'd she get right. the charm from? It's Bellamere, Viking mom. Okay, if episode's too short, like I said, I'll I'll fill a half hour. We'll go into waifu wars about well, Bellamere. I think we'll probably get an hour out of it, but we'll see. Yeah, probably forty five minutes or so. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways. Thank you guys so much for listening. Really appreciate it. And hope to see you next week. Mm-hmm.